0: Everyone, we want to welcome them on board. Good morning, Sandy.
1: Hey, good morning, Blake and Aaron. How are you guys doing today? I'm
0: yeah, doing Ellis. great. What do you got? Fantastic. Board? Fantastic.
1: So it's been a long, long time in waiting. However, we are absolutely pleased to say that the Pat government has just, uh, delivered on um, the sexual harassment uh, bill. So it's open now for public consultation. We encourage everyone to please, um, you know, go check out the proposed bill, submit all of your comments and feedback to the government, because this is 15, 16 years in the making. Trust me, this is a phenomenal day for women and, and men, I'm sure, um, when it comes to trying to squash out things like public harassment.
0: Hmm. So, yeah, so what is it? Uh, I mean, what, what's, what's the most exciting part about it? you know, in terms of progressing this, this bill and these laws?
1: Well, I mean, it's just going to, going to codify it, right. Which is really, really important. Cause right now women who are sexually harassed, mostly women don't have um, very many options. And so this is really just um, seeking to go that next step to provide for the prevention of sexual harassment through a standalone piece of legislation. And um, you know, I think that this is just in the right direction completely. So, yeah. That's
2: good. It's going to aid good.
1: victims and ensure that perpetrators are actually held accountable.
2: I mean, it's crazy if it doesn't already exist, but
1: yes. <laughs> mm, yes. Would agree. So, um, we were in court yesterday listening to a, com- a couple of different things. So, there is a murder trial that the jury will probably get their hands on today. And once they get their hands on that, they're going to deliberate on the fate of Mr. Javon Dixon. So, this is a young man. Um, it was considered... Whoever murdered him, because obviously he's saying that he didn't do it. But um, this was, it happened like four o'clock in the afternoon sort of thing. So it's pretty crazy. This was crazy. the
3: family that saw him.
1: Yes. Yeah. This was the one down in Town. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he will know his fate probably in the next couple of days. So it's a very interesting case. And we'll keep you guys updated as soon as the verdict comes in. Um, Ten Cubans were sentenced to 91 days uh, in prison for escaping lawful custody so mm-hmm. you guys might remember this one because we actually had um, we actually we actually had the video of them escaping lawful custody mm-hmm. and so that video really um, played a pivotal part in the court case and um, aren't they know, already in the detention though
0: so what's the what's the difference you yeah well you, you can't detention. yeah well
1: you, well you can't escape. Detention. If you're there, you have to you have to abide by the rules of being in detention. And of course, they were not doing that, I so just, that you know, is that is a criminal offense. To I just wanted to get this. out and explore the
4: island. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, I guess that's Beautiful what they King were saying. Island. But the yeah. the judge essentially said that listen, um, whilst this is not the most serious of um, <clears throat> of escaping lawful custodies, it is still an offense, and there's still a need for the courts to deter people from doing this. And so, whilst you're not going to get six months in jail. She ended up giving them 91 days, but they won't serve 91 days because they get days like time off or a, a guilty plea and other things.
0: All right, Sandy. Those are your well.
1: news headlines. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, thanks. We'll catch you tomorrow for the Friday headlines and Spilling awesome. the Tea brought to you. All
1: right, folks. Good morning, everyone. Happy Thursday. we got a full show here for you today.
0: Bigger. Bigger. Better. Better. Bolder. Bolder. The cold, hard truth is taking talk to the next level, right here on Bobo 89.1 FM, Cayman's community radio. We are still spilling the tea and committed to being part of the change that Cayman so desperately needs. Join Sandy Hill weekdays from 7.30 a.m. for Premier Access, Cayman Voices, Truthful Thursdays, and much more. Cayman's number one talk show is now bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder, and more than talk. Getting results with hot topics, consumer reports, court exposés, and more. I've come to set the record straight. I've come to shine the light on you. Let me introduce myself. I am the cold our true. Now, from the CMR studio in Grand Cayman, live direct it's the cold hard truth now now join the conversation on 345-936-2626
5: that number again is
0: 345-936-2626
1: All right, good morning, folks. Happy Thursday! It is March the third already. No, March the second. My goodness, look at me skipping skipping days, uh, skipping ahead. <clears throat> Let's slow down just a little bit. I've got my hot tea here. I've got my water, and of course we've got some guests who are going to be um, joining us this morning. So, I hope that you guys are having a fantastic day. I just got uh, in the studio, and I noticed for some bizarre reason. Um, my camera just isn't showing this morning, so I don't know what's going on with that. I'll try to see if I have a look. So, if you um, you know, join in the live stream on social media, and you don't see me, that's why. So, not to worry, calm down, (laughs) it's all good. Um, we'll try to figure out exactly what's going on here if we can here in a second. So, these things happen, folks. It's modern technology. You know what I mean. You can't always account logically for some of this stuff. Maybe everything just needs a good, hard reboot. Um, But of course, we can't do that once the show's live. That's it is what it is. So um, I will keep an eye on things and let you guys know if I figure it out. if I don't, you'll just see my little emoji there um, on the screen, the entire show. So we got... Some guests who are going to be joining us um, about a nonprofit um, lecture that's going to be happening um, this week. And so we're super excited to hear a little bit more about that. And then we also have a mother who is joining the program who wants to talk to you all about what she says are dangers lurking in the daycare centers um, around the Cayman Islands. And this is pretty scary, I think, for anyone who is a parent and particularly mothers, um, and are especially t- new mothers, this is something that- Tired um, of
5: overpaying for TV this, services? My apologies.
1: This is something that really and truly, um, oh my gosh, it's 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 scary to even think about the possibility that this could be happening. And so, um, you know, we, we wanna make sure that you as parents are educating yourselves, you're looking for signs um, <clears throat> that your children might be in any sort of danger. And, um, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that you can do as a parent as well. So we're just waiting. I think we've got one more guest. I see Professor Livingston Smith in the back studio and we're waiting for Miss Teresa to join us. And then we're going to talk a little bit about what they have um, going on. So we'll give them just a few more minutes. And in the meantime, um, congratulations, my apologies, to the raffle winner yesterday. So if you guys are watching yesterday's morning show. You will know <clears throat> that a gentleman, um, I'm going to get his name here in a second, uh, won the $20,000 prize. Not a name. <clears throat> oh, my goodness. Hold on. Uh, <clears throat> my goodness. Let me sip a little bit of that tea this morning. Um, it's not a name that we're familiar with, but nonetheless, um, congratulations to him. You know, it's uh, it's one of those things where it's great Uh, when people, um, especially people who could really use the money, win. I'm always excited for them. So um, good stuff. $20,000 was the app prize, the cash prize. So um, there were other prizes. I think somebody won a cow. I do not know what they'd be doing with the cow, but anyway, there you go. Um, I think if I have, if I won a cow, I'd probably just give it back to the, um, (laughs) to the, the agriculture I don't know, donate it? Like, what do you do with a cow? Um, in, the, in this day and age, <clears throat> my goodness, you might want to figure out how to how to take advantage of the milk and cheese production and all that good stuff. But any chill, I hate to tell you, but I just don't have, <laughs> I don't have the resources and the land space to be entertaining a cow. So um, yes, it is what it is. Good morning to Miss Renita. She's here with us. Wishing everyone a blessed day. We've got Stephen joining us from the UK. Good morning, beautiful people, he says. Olivia is also in the house. Um, Omeria says, good morning, I'm here. Uh, thank you so much, Omeria. Renville is also joining us. He said, good morning, princess. Oh, thank you, Mr. Renville. How are you? Andy is here as well, Mr. Andy Ebanks. Miss Iva and her beautiful mango tree has it locked. <clears throat> She's saying good morning to everyone. And to all of her classmates, hey, they got the classmates. Um, You know what is so crazy is that Caymanians really have a connection to their classmates because, you know, it's a much smaller place, of course. Um, And I've always been intrigued by this, to be quite frank and honest. When people say, oh, yeah, you know, I went to, this this is how Caymanians, you know you're a Caymanian for real. When you identify um, who you went to school with. So they're like, oh, yeah, I went to school with her. She was in my year or or her sister was in my year. And that's how I know her. Um, It's just one of those things. I used to find it very, very peculiar. And um, over the years, you know, it now makes logical sense for me why that happens here. My goodness, could I tell you uh, how many of the thousands of people actually graduated with me at my um, high school in, in Florida? No clue. You know, we got, we all came from different places. We would have all come from different middle schools and so on. So for me to even tell you, I mean, I vaguely remember one or two people, like there was a young lady named Cecilia. She was my really, really good friend in Spanish class. She was actually from, I think she's from Peru. And so I used to practice my Spanish with her all the time in Spanish class. And she was a new, um, you know, migrant to the U.S. And um, so we would share a lot of like, you know, I, at that point had been in the U S for quite some time, but you know, still lots of memories of what it was like moving into a new environment and new culture. And, and she went on to actually um, join the military and went on to dental school and stuff like that. We haven't really kept in touch. Like I should try to find her on social media. Um, But yeah, I mean, I don't remember there was, there was Mike, the bully, which you'll never forget, you know, the bully that tried to make your life miserable. And then you had to end up beating him up and embarrassing him. Um, (laughs) You know, there's, there's Mike Um, who else went to high school with me? I have no clue. Like, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, there's the valedictorian who owned his own business. He had a little lawn business, but nobody knows these names and people move away. And, um, you know, the truth of the matter is you just don't really keep in touch with people like that. But Keyman is completely different here in the Cayman Islands. Everybody's like, oh yeah, I know that person. I went to school with them. You know, we're all connected um, in that way if you actually grew up here. And I think in many respects, it's kind of nice. It's like a small uh, school vibe, right? So um, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit later on about what I was doing last night. Very, very interesting evening, which I'll be sharing with you here as well. So all of the WhatsApp people should have the link this morning to join the show, to view the show on Facebook and YouTube. If you don't, um, just message me and let me know. Um, Let me see here. I'm just making sure that all of our guests are ready. Okay. So I think we're good to go. Yes. Um, So we have joining us this morning, uh, Mr. Um, Dr. Livingston Smith, and um, he has been on the program before, so he's probably no stranger to you all. Good morning, Dr. Smith, Livingston Smith. How are you? Uh Uh-oh, for some reason, I cannot hear you. So just check those uh, audio settings for me. Make sure that it's turned on. While you're doing that, I'm going to go ahead and welcome. There we go. I think you just came in. Good morning. I just hear a little bleep. Nope. Can't hear you now. Oh, gosh. All right. While, while Dr. Um, Professor Livingston-Smith is getting that sorted out, let's go ahead and invite uh, Ms. Teresa Pickren into the program. Now, good morning. Teresa is also no stranger to most of us. Um, good morning, Madam
3: Teresa. How are you? I am good. <clears throat> good yes. So I'm using my phone, right? So yes. There's any craziness that's going on. <laughs> put it down to me, not being technologically savvy, and I don't have any of my kids around me to help me out. <laughs>
1: oh my goodness. Don't worry about it. You're looking,
3: you're looking good and we can actually
1: hear you, which is all that's important really. Um, so thank you so much for uh, joining us this morning as well. And, um, we're going to talk a little bit about this organization that, um, both Dr. Livingston Smith and Teresa, now Teresa, um, Ashoka is watching this morning. She always puts me in high alert that I'm actually mispronouncing your last name. <laughs> so- <laughs>
3: The whole word butchers that surname, so Teresa is usually the best in this <laughs> way. Yeah,
1: she is. Um, she's like the the pronunciation and grammar police around here. We're all afraid of her whip. Trust me. <laughs> um, and then we have uh, Dr. McKenna Scott, who is also joining us this morning. And I am so happy to call you for the first time, Dr. Scott. Good morning.
2: Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for having us on the program.
1: Yeah, so we are super, super um, excited. I mean, this is fantastic. So let's get a little bit of background information from Teresa this morning. Teresa, you're part of this organization that brings, um, this isn't the first, you know, event that you guys have really brought to the community, but I'm super excited about this one. But tell us a little bit about the Committee for the um, Promotion and Research um, and Cayman Scholarship. What is that and how did you get involved?
3: Right, so a couple of years ago, uh, Dr. Liv reached out and asked if I would be interested in uh, joining this particular group. There was clearly a need for uh, a particular group that would encourage Caymanian Scholarship. And by Caymanian, I don't mean um, that you have to be Indigenous Caymanian, but understanding issues about the Caymanian experience and its history. We we wanted to have uh, an environment and a a safe space where people could write honestly about this um, Caymanian experience and the historical experience as well. And this Mm -hmm. came out really of uh, given my involvement with the Honorable Dr. Roy Borden because as you will recall, I ran his uh, political campaign um, quite a number of times and prefaced a number of books that he has written. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to use that to catapult this whole discussion and dialogue about um, Caymanian culture because um, uh, the Honorable Roy Borden has written a wide range of studies which speaks to the history of this island and invites Mm -hmm. us to consider and have a discussion about what really happened. So this forms part of this um, inquiry that we think that Caymanians should be engaged in. And for me, and as I said on the recent um, talk show that I was on, that symbols matter. One of the things that I really, really admire about this young lady, and by the way, i got to plug it, she is from the city of Town, where we hone that intellectual and cerebral stuff. But um, one of the things that um, uh, McKenna is um, exploring is what do Caymanians think about themselves? Mm. This is very, very important. And mm-hmm. I segue into the idea of symbols. We, you know, there's been conversations about independence, not independence, uh, the Honorable Ezard Miller has spoken historically about the need to be prepared and so on and so forth. But how do we feel when we see a British flag representing an oligarchy with a history of slave slavery? How do we feel, you know, not owning our own history? You know, so mm-hmm. these are some of the, the integral questions that come out of this. And I'd also say that when we talk about politics, we think that it's um, some formal participation in government or something where you um, have to be elected. But this this type of dialogue is more about nation building, and we want by having engaging in this type of study to invite Caymanian people to get an important insight as to how citizens yearn for and work towards recognition. In their own community and being satisfied and happy about being Caymanian.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, I mean that—that's a mouthful. And you know, for for many many years, Teresa, I've always advocated for a bit of a think tank amongst Caymanians, and it sounds to me that this is as close to that as we've gotten, really, um, on the intellectual level. And I think that it's amazing. Uh, you know, there's a lot of Caymanians who are um, very, very intelligent, both inside and outside the formal world of academia, right? Mm-hmm. So it's great that you guys have come together and um, formed this. It's it's an NPO?
3: Uh, we are in the process of considering okay. how we're going, because this is pretty new. You know, yeah. we started it. We had the symposium. It was a great success. That captured the book uh, that came out as a result. And I mm-hmm. think Dr. Livingston can speak a little bit more about that. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Let's see if we can bring Dr. Livingston um, Smith back and see if he's got audio sorted out. Good morning, sir. No, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Still no audio. Just go, go into your little speaker settings there on your, I'm assuming you're on a laptop. Just go into those speaker settings and just see if you can adjust those. Um, if you're not using any external device, then make sure it's set to default. Um, and that nothing is muted. I find sometimes on that laptop, if you accidentally, some of them have a physical button, if that's muted, then of course we might not be able to hear you. So we'll, we'll keep you there for now. Um, and see if we can get that sorted out. So, um, Lulu Clarky says, talk Miss Teresa. We've got Miss Sue joining us. Tracy's also here, Cayman dealing, Barbara, and lots of others uh, tuned in. So, um, Dr. Scott, uh, we're going to put some respect to that name here this morning. A young Caymanian scholar. Um, You know, I remember when you contacted me and said, Sandy, I'm working on my doctorate, and, um, you know, I've got to do this uh, research, and I'd like for you to be part of it? Would you be willing to be one of my participants? Of course, I said, absolutely. And you came and sat down. I don't even remember how long it's been now, but I remember you coming and sitting down at the little breakfast table and uh, asked me a bunch of questions. And here we are, girl, the fruits of your labor, young lady. So proud of you, Um, you've done it. So tell us a little bit about that journey um, of getting your doctorate and how how you've ended up here, really
2: yes uh thank you so much and and again um sandra just uh just wanna express my sincere gratitude to you um, as well as the the wider Caymanian community. Um, my research uh, as a whole uh, focuses on Cayman and Caymanians and uh-huh. this research wouldn't have been possible without um, the participants. Uh, so I did interviews as well as um, online survey responses and so I got about over 400 responses uh, from Caymanians within the survey, and I had about um, 23 interview responses um, as well. And so I I really uh, just appreciate the way that persons were willing uh, to talk to me as well as to express their thoughts and ideas on a subject Mm -hmm. that uh, can be, you know, a a little touchy. Um, and so I really just wanted to understand Caymanians views on our colonial status, uh, being a British overseas territory, uh, our relationship to the UK, uh, as well as Jamaica and the larger Caribbean from a research standpoint. Mm-hmm. And so I think that before I even begun my doctoral research, um, you know, my father, he, he loves talk radio, like so many Caymanians. Uh, <laughs> And, yes. and so I, I grew up, you know, in the car, um, hearing these discussions, right? And so I I do remember uh, as a child and as a young person, as a, a young Kemanian growing up, uh, whenever there were discussions of maybe, you know, political independence, it was mm-hmm. always very um, uh, spirited, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, but but also uh, a very um stern and sort of accusatory um and fearful dialogue and so mm. i always i think that was the beginning of me really trying to figure out um Well, A, what are people kind of talking about Uh um, and B, really wanting to delve further into that conversation. Um, I think that so many times um, maybe we aren't as uh, informed or we don't have that historical political knowledge and understanding Uh uh, to have a a very sort of critical dialogue about the issue. And so for me, I really wanted to understand what was the everyday Caymanian thinking about the topic? Are uh-huh. they thinking about the topic? Um, because I know, right, that within our day to day lives, a lot of things take, you know, immediate precedent. Um, right. And so I was really fortunate to be able to have the space, I'm really fortunate to be able to have the support uh, uh-huh. to actually conduct research in this area and other areas as well, too.
4: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. When Do you remember when it was, of course, I'm sure you remember um, when you were actually conducting those interviews and doing your research. I feel like it was around 2017, maybe. So I,
2: I began my program in 2016, but it wasn't until 2019 to 2021 where I was actually conducting research. Um, Mm. and, um, putting my my survey online for for persons to take so it's been a, a multi-year uh, yes. study as these things often are um, and again I just really thank uh, everyone mm-hmm. for their openness and, and willingness I know a lot of people may be and I think that speaks to the broader point a lot of persons when my survey was first put out they were a little mm-hmm. suspicious about mm-hmm. who is doing this what are you know what's the rationale uh, behind it and I think that mm-hmm. really speaks to there being a lack of academic rigor, um, a lack Mm -hmm. of academic uh, studies that that really center and focus on Caymanians.
1: Yes. And isn't that something that we would even um, question that when you think about it? Um, Because in large part, outside of a couple people, um, like, you know, Roy Bodden, it just hasn't been done, to be honest. You know, we study everybody else, (laughs) you know, everybody else's culture and literary works and their research. And, you know, there probably hasn't really been a whole lot of research uh, specific to the Cayman Islands and especially, you know, Cayman culture and um, aspects of of who we are as a people. So um, it's interesting that you say that because I suspect a lot of people are probably very suspicious, like, oh, this must be politicians or, you know, some ulterior motive here. But, um, you know, now, of course, uh, Dr. Scott was doing her research And it wasn't just about research for the sake of research. She was doing it with a broader purpose in mind. And one way in which this is now culminating is she's gonna be presenting um, a lecture this evening. It's entitled, Deconstructing the Cayman Islands as Paradise, Reimagining Notions of Freedom and Unfreedom in a Colonial Caribbean Context. Wow, that that first of all is a mouthful. Um, And there's so much that we could really pull apart from that. But Dr. Scott, tell us in a snippet, if you will, exactly what tonight's lecture is all about.
2: Yes, um, so so similar to what Miss Teresa talked about at the beginning um of the our segment, I'm really trying to understand Caymanians' views on our colonial status. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be seen within the freedom or unfreedom uh of the of the text, right? What do we consider um to be freedom? What is our definition of ourselves as mm-hmm. Caymanians, our definitions of ourselves as a colonial territory and overseas uh status territory? territory, uh, how do we view ourselves in that way? Um, And then thinking about the term paradise, I really wanted to understand Mm. or begin to understand the choices that Caribbean people make in their own Mm. self-interest. And so this word paradise was historically imposed on the region, but Mm. I really wanted to know uh, and analyze when Caymanians are centered in the narrative, do they still describe the islands and our lives as such?
1: Mm, so interesting. And I can tell you, most people would probably tell you now. <laughs> Paradise is very an illusion. Yeah. Oh, and as
3: as uh, I listened to Mikana, a thought came to mind about what our politics must look like when we try to explore often unspoken experiences of hurt, rejection, mm-hmm. and a search for our identity.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, there's so many conversations, um, Dr. Scott, that are very taboo in our cultures, um, in this specific culture, in the Cayman context, and within our respective communities. And you know, here in this program, I try to push the envelope with a lot of those um, discussions, as you probably well know. Um, and it's it's a difficult conversation. Our difficult conversations to constantly be having. And sometimes, you know, it's just shocking to me, the culture and how we're not ready. You know, over a week ago, we talked about the rape culture, for example, um, culture of abuse and sexual assault and rape, um, you know, in this country, in the wider context, also of the Caribbean. And so many people are just not ready to have the conversation. So we forge forward because I think that, you know, um, Sometimes you have to be that person that's going to have the conversation whether or not other people want to. And you just push the envelope and eventually people start to come to the table. And even if they're not involved in the discourse, they're listening, which I think is so incredibly important. So Lulu is wondering, why is she now just hearing about this lecture? So we're going to give you all the details, Lulu. The good news is you don't have to go anywhere. It's con- going to be a complete virtual experience and you're going to be able to you know, just log on and uh, view it. We're hoping that we'll be able to live stream it here in our platform as well, because obviously we have, you know, a wide captured audience that we can share that with. So good morning to um, Siobhan, good morning to Paula. Um, Lulu also says, uh, polarizing as well, discussions around the issue. And um, again, this concept that uh, a discussion can be polarizing might put some people off Dr. Scott and Teresa, but certainly it's not putting uh, you ladies off this morning. So. Tell me a little bit, um, Dr. Scott, when you decided to do the lecture and have this conversation, did your mind go to, um, you know, was there any pressure? Was the pressure on to be like, oh, my gosh, this is a polarizing discussion? Or what are people in the community going to think? Now, I know you've been living abroad for a minute, uh, so you might be a little bit removed from the pressures, the societal pressures that oftentimes happen here in the Cayman Islands. But what were some of the thoughts that were going through your mind as you even did your research and prepared your thesis and submitted your dissertation, as well as preparing for this lecture.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think um, for for myself personally, um, it's uh, uh, feelings of exhilaration because I'm coming home, right, to, to present the mm-hmm. work. And I think that um, there is a great expectation um, that I put on myself, but also a responsibility that I have to community to mm-hmm. actually uh, interrogate, to show that Caymanians are worthy of study, um, but also to bring to light the, the discussions that maybe persons aren't comfortable, um, having, but I think that because this is an academic, uh, foray, uh, there will always be disagreements. Uh, there will always be, um, you know, different viewpoints, but I do think, um, that we kind of have to get uncomfortable with pushing the conversation forward. Um, just because there are so many persons whose voices haven't necessarily been heard in this conversation. Um, Mm-hmm. I think that when we maybe think about self-determination, um, we think about you know, other Caribbean islands, I think that we owe it to ourselves to really uh-huh. have an informed um, discussion uh, about the issue. And I think that, you know, the the right of a people to own their history, uh-huh. as well as, you know, the right to, to reclaim a people's development and productive forces is really the, the definition of self-determination. And so I think that uh-huh. um, perhaps there are terms or words or labels that we place on issues uh, that kind of have that you know scare factor about it. But I do think when we get to the issues itself, that we'll find that that we're more in agreement uh, than we are in in disagreement.
1: Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So so many people um, enjoying the discourse this morning. Some comments, and we have Dr. Livingston Smith who's joining us um, via the WhatsApp call, so that we can hear him. Unfortunately, he couldn't get the other bit sorted, but that's okay. We can still hear him. So, we've got uh, one person says that she is beaming with Cayman Islands pride right now. Love it. Another person says, I love the discourse. Um, and I'm sure many others are just sitting back, you know, listening to this and really enjoying it. Alice Alaliano, sorry, says that it's still paradise, but to whom and who can afford it and can exploit the full benefits. So, um, this already is getting people to talk. Uh, John, don't worry. We'll definitely be sharing the links and so on with everyone um, today as well. So, um, Dr. Livingston-Smith, good morning again. Hi, good morning,
6: Sandra. I am just so delighted to, to listen to Dr. McKenna. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a really riveting presentation later on at 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, I'm just hoping that everybody tunes in. Um, the link is out there. Uh, they can go to your to to your platform for the link to mm-hmm. see the details the, the zoom details um, they can also go to let to get the details from there mm-hmm. and um, I'm just excited by by the fact that we're, we're, that we're doing this and um, so let me have a plug here for um, for UCCI, I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. I am a professor at UCCI. I would have yes. a flock for UCCI. Just to say the kind of students that we that we have been producing at UCCI, mm-hmm. and um, Dr. McKenna is, is an example of that, all right? And, and the fact that she has um, taken a scholarship to the very highest level mm-hmm. um, is indeed worthy of celebration, yeah. all right? um a, a second plug i want to make Sandra, is that okay is that when we did our first symposium last year that mm-hmm. um concentrated our energies on interrogating uh, Robbott's work as you know a text came out of that and um we still have copies of that of, of that text if persons want to obtain a copy they can just call Livingston. that's me 916-6462 that's 916-6462. We have copies left still, $25 for this. This is the most current um, work on the Cayman Islands. Dr. McKay also has a copy in this um, close to 500-page work. Mm. And, and so, again, Sandra, the, the idea of, of having these kinds of um, programs just, just cements the fact mm-hmm. that a society is built, not just through you know physical edifices,
7: Mm-hmm.
6: But but through the deepening of, of um critical thinking, examining the issues as they arise and mm-hmm. allowing persons to contribute to the discussion. All right. Yes. And the last point, and what the time is going, Sandra, is, is to just plug in that um CPRCS also has other um, ideas coming on stream very shortly. We'll be announcing our next symposium very soon. In fact, um We are thinking Mm -hmm. to focus attention on the issues arising from the 2021 Population and Housing Report. Mm -hmm. So many issues came from that. Mm -hmm. Population growth and its implications. um, A development plan for Cayman, workforce policy, environmental sustainability, transformational education, and so on. Mm -hmm. So we're going to give an opportunity to members of the society to, to write about these things so that we can have them presented at our symposium and mm-hmm. to give persons the opportunity of having their work published because obviously after the symposium, we're going to be working towards another text coming out of those uh, uh, subjects. Hmm. Wonderful. So again, so again thanks um, for yes. this, Dr. McKenna. Uh, as we say, um, big up and um, you, are, you are an inspiration and your scholarship is not only centered in Cayman. Um, it, it's, it's a global topic mm-hmm. you're talking about, even though she's focusing on issues uh, particularly relevant to the Cayman Islands. Mm-hmm. So thanks again, and looking forward to everybody coming out at six o'clock. Don't miss it. See you then. Thank, Thank you, you so much, appreciate it.
1: Uh, All right, so
6: um, Dr. Scott.
1: Is, um, if I may
3: um, Yes. Just a couple of points be- coming out of the commentary that McKenna shared and Dr. Liv shared. You know, historically, persons mm-hmm. like myself, Roy and Steve McField were categorized as educated idiots. And mm-hmm. I remembered having to live with that for such a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And it's now interesting to see how someone like Mekana and her generation, um, what their experience is going mm-hmm. to be like in this new landscape that we have. The second point that I was going to make was about symbols as well. Symbols, for example, and I, you know, I'll speak to um, you know commentary that Ezard and Steve and Roy—they're all in my ge- my generation, so I have the mm-hmm. liberty of calling them as such. But talking about the incongruous nature between a symbol of a past where you have a queen or soon to be king representing mm-hmm. the head of your state versus somebody from your own community, which is what Barbados did in November 2021. Mm-hmm. Coming out of 300 years of colonialism, they felt that it was time to actually have someone that they feel that represented them, even Mm -hmm. though it was a ceremonial position. If mm-hmm. one were to think of it. And of course, at the same time, having that rock star called Maya Utley as their as their premier. And I had um, prime minister and I had the luxury of meeting her on a number of occasions, uh, you know, through socially through uh when I was involved with FIFA. And a final point that I thought that I would make listening to um Mikana, it's because Caymanians have always had to wrestle with the derogatory assumption about mm-hmm. their and identity Mm -hmm. this gives us that stage and space a safe space Mm -hmm. where we can flesh out why is it people have this assumption about us and more importantly why do we think that way about ourselves ourselves
1: absolutely yes no I mean these are definitely um some really really interesting um points not just from an academic perspective but this is our lives you know, this is this is what we're having to deal with and what we're struggling with. So I'm really, really pleased that Dr. Scott has um, decided to explore something that is so um, important to us as a people. So let, let's look at the three driving questions then, research questions that sort of guided your project. And um, we can now see some of that will take shape in the actual lecture and discussion this evening. Dr. Scott.
2: Oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. No, um, so my my findings from this multi-year uh, r- dissertation and research, um, some of the research questions that really guided the project were, what do Caymanians think about self-determination? Um, What is the impact on the political, economic, and cultural possibilities of African descended Caymanians due to historical and current British colonialism? Mm. Um, Additionally, uh, how and why do Caymanians either embrace or reject the trope of of paradise? Mm. Um, And so these uh, questions that I asked were the sort of basis and foundation for the questions on the survey, as well as the questions that were asked of uh, persons that I interviewed. And so um, from the uh, mountain of information that I received, uh, I was able to filter um, and analyze the responses and categorize Mm -hmm. them into different themes. And so the themes are what I will be presenting on um, this evening, as well as showcasing um, or providing examples of uh, some direct quotes that I received uh, from interviewees, as well as um, four uh, results of my analysis uh, that I have done. Um, and so I'm really excited uh, for this opportunity to present. Uh, as Dr. Smith stated, uh, I am an alum of UCCI. Uh-huh. Um, I, you know, I think it's really coming full circle. I was a student of the Honorable Roy Baden when he actually lectured at UCCI oh. uh, for a while before he was president, um, as well as I've been influenced by the works of Dr. Christopher Williams, uh, as well as Dr. Roy Murray. Uh, those are Cayman uh, uh, academics uh, that have written the topics uh, of Caymanian identity, as well as the enslavement period in Um, Cayman. This conversation can hopefully show, as well, that there's an academic lineage in Cayman and can also represent an avenue of academia for younger Caymanians. I really Mm -hmm. like younger Caymanians to think not just of higher education um, as receiving information and knowledge, but also on the other side of that, you know, being in a position to create. Caymanian knowledge um, and research and also teach it as well um, by pursuing it as a career.
1: Mm -hmm. I was actually just trying to find um, a video that someone had sent me recently um, talking about, even from an economic perspective, how the, um, this is, um, you know, Madam Mia Motley, how the Caribbean has been so disadvantaged and held to a very, very different standard. I can't seem to put my fingers on it right now, but if the person who sent it to me could could resend it, that would be fantastic. But it really, um, you know, even as we look at things or financial stability and future, we talk about, you know, the FATF and the constant pressures that we're under to try to conform to their ever adjusting and ever sliding scale of what they want us to be able to accomplish. Um, I think it's it speaks a lot to, some of the central questions, really, that you will be examining our identity um, as an overseas territory, colonialism, and all of those components of it. So somebody can resend that to me. I'd appreciate it because it's very much um, on point here this morning to this to this discussion. So folks, um, if you're just joining the program, I see over 200 of you are on the live on social. Thank you so much, my, my good... Dr. Friend, he's such a he's such a smart young man. Um, he has sent it to me, and I'm going to share that here in a second. But folks, you know, the, this is, um, it's important that we have the discourse, that we appreciate people like Dr. Scott uh, undertaking this research and really um, having these types of lectures because it forces us to talk about these ideas. It forces us to um, not just talk about it, but really share at some level how we're feeling. Because so I think a lot of us have never even fully perhaps um, dissected what we really feel about colonialism and the history. Uh, I remember that my, um just thinking about sort of my awareness, you know, now we use this term being woke, right? But my awareness about this topic really began when I was in university and I was at USF because I hadn't given it much thought before. We, we grew up in a very sterilized environment, I feel like, in Cayman. So oftentimes we don't want to talk about race relations. We don't want to talk about racism. Although, you know, most people know that it's here and it does exist um, at different levels. But I remember when I was in university at USF and my last semester, you know, you're down to the wire, You're just trying to fill classes like you've done all your core classes. You're ready to graduate and get out of there. And so I was kind of like, oh, my gosh, what do I take? You know, this is when you start taking classes like pottery making because you just don't have anything else to do. And you just want to get it done and over with. You're exhausted. You're like, you know, take something fun or whatever. But I ended up taking this um, Black history class, um, this African-American class, and it covered a very specific period in American history. And um, it looked at, you know, the world of slavery. It looked at the 60s and, and precursors to that, historically, some of the struggles that African-Americans have had to endure in their own colonial context. And it was such an awakening for me because there were so many aspects of the story that I didn't know. And for the first time ever in my life, I understood the freshness of the impact of slavery. So in other words, it wasn't really that long ago as history goes, right? And not just slavery itself, but in the American context, what followed, you know, the years of telling people that you can have separate but equal facilities um, trying to, you know, tear that inst- institutional system down because that's exactly what it had become. And um, in the process of that, you've got the legal aspect of it. You change things like, oh, you make people f- free on paper. But to give them true freedom, it has to be a freedom that comes at the intellectual level. So it has to be a freedom that comes in your head and your mind. And I feel like here in the Cayman Islands, uh, a lot of people haven't had that type of awakening about their own stories and about their own history. Like we still whitewash, pun intended, a lot of our own history. You know, we still won't accept the realities of um, some of what our forefathers have gone through. So, um, Dr. Scott, I think that your lecture and lectures like yours are really, really important to um, force us to have the discourse and to kind of push us in the right direction. So tell us a little bit how you came to be involved with the Committee for the Promotion of Research and Cayman Scholarship. And why you um, then decided to work with them and actually doing the presentation, the lecture this evening?
2: Yes, uh, thank you so much. Oh my! So <laughs> anyone who knows me knows that my memory is going. All of this information that I'm I'm trying to remember, um, but it it's been um, I would say uh, a relationship throughout the years that I've had. Mm-hmm. Uh, continuously with Dr. Smith. Um, He was a professor of mine at UCCI, um, and he's continuously kept up to date with me uh, throughout my many iterations of, you know, my bachelor degree, my master's degree, and my doctoral degree um, as well. And so I think that um, it was a conversation that kind of piqued my interest in terms mm. of, um, you know, really uh, wanting to contribute to uh, academic discourse in Cayman. I believe a couple years ago, it was just a conversation uh, that started in terms of, you know, where we're looking, uh, we're seeing that there is uh, a need that isn't being met in terms of, you um, in terms of understanding who we are, uh, the type of academic uh, inquiry that that is not happening in Cayman, apart from, you know, um, texts that we've seen from Mr. Bodden, from you know, Dr. Frank McField, um, uh-huh. Dr. Williams and so um, I do believe that the symposium that we held uh, last year um, we all kind of gathered around uh, that being the first event uh, but also discussing and understanding uh, that this would be the first event in a long line of events the first Uh event in really um Approaching uh, the topic of, you know, academia in Cayman, um, but also really trying to fill fill a void, as I stated before. I think that, you know. Um, UCCI is a college, ICCI Uh is a college, students attend college, but I think we're really trying to bring that discourse out into the public. Um, Uh But we know that it's happening, you know, it's not necessarily that you have to have a PhD to have these conversations. We understand that these are issues that um, persons, you know, have uh, in cars on your Uh on your show. Um, you know, persons have in shops, persons have, you know, in the parking lots of, uh-huh. of buildings. And so we're really trying to uh, help to inform the, the greater public as to aid the history, but also uh, the research that is being done um, or, or that, you know, could be done uh, within Cayman as well. Uh-huh. Too. So, As I stated, it was just a conversation that that we all kind of had. And, and then it sort of uh, grew from there. Um, and of course, I was going to be involved. Uh, there was no question about it, um, because I really, really do see the need for us to have these types of discussions um, mm-hmm. in, in public, um, and also to mm-hmm. include community and to showcase community voices um, and opinions within these, these issues as well.
1: Yep, absolutely. So Debbie says, Good morning, Sandy, and the beautiful Teresa. Um, Lulu uh, is thankful again for the virtual meeting. Um, She's asking if it's going to be available afterwards because she's got another engagement at 6 p.m. So let's talk about the logistics of this evening's lecture. So it's going to be available on Zoom. So, of course, anybody can log in. Uh, we're going to share the credentials of the link and the, the Zoom information, password, and so on, for you to be able to do that. But will it be available afterwards, um, Teresa,
2: be, Dr. Scott? It will be recorded. Um okay. And then I, I guess we'll, once we get it recorded and, and you know, being able to stream on a, on a link, um, then we, I'm sure, will we'll pass the information on afterwards. Okay.
1: All right. Um, So K-Man Finisher says uh, would be a great would be great to do a topic, a program, sorry, with the topic why uh, childs don't get economic, teach. I think something's missing here and how they use money. Same way we teach children at school about emotions and control, um, not programming. So I think he's saying um, or he or she. Is saying, you know, teaching them a bit more about finances and so on. Miss Vernita says, Good morning to Miss Teresa and Doctor, beaming with Cayman pride this morning. Um, Cayman finishers also says, Looking the young guy of today and the t- and teach they are getting with tablet in hand will give you an idea of how Cayman people will be in the future. The youngsters of today are the future of Cayman in 15 years, not even 15 years, my dear. <laughs> uh, Lulu says, At PM, uh, Mia is a warrior. Siobhan is in the house. Siobhan says maybe uh, we'll have we'll ask to have it recorded so we can confirm that that will be done. Um, We've got Sarah who again is asking for the link. Sarah give us one second coming right up. Good morning to Miss Maria. Um, Faith says that she can't wait for Dr. Scott's presentation this evening. We need more dialogue on this issue. Massive congratulations to Dr. Scott she says. Uh, Miss Ethel is here. Hello, Miss Athel. How are you? We've got Susan Young, who's also here saying congratulations um, to Dr. Scott on finishing her PhD. And Debbie says, we could also do what Barbados did. And my vote for female leader would be Teresa. She was born for that. Mm. Yes, honey, chill.
3: Um,
1: I couldn't agree more. All right. So let's let's just take a little minute. Um With uh, And of course, KK is here saying congrats to this young lady, Dr. Scott. It has a certain ring to it. I absolutely love it. So um, let's go ahead and uh, I want you guys to watch this snippet, this video, because again, it speaks to the broader context of as a region, how we're all struggling with very similar issues. Um, But what Dr. Scott has done, folks, is she has really brought it home uh, in terms of the Cayman context and, you know, making it very, very specific to us. But here is, is an interview, a, a snip from an interview, which I thought I found extremely interesting. And I hope you guys appreciate the, um, the real underlying themes here in this as well.
6: The elephant in the room, what a lot of Western climate diplomats tell me is that leaders like yourself also carry a responsibility. Why are vulnerable countries still so debt-stricken? Why is there still corruption? What is your response to that?
8: You really want me to answer you? I do. Okay. Why is it that every time we talk about countries from the south, the first allegation is corruption? Mm -hmm. Last time I checked, in the USA and the UK and Europe, they're brittle with corruption, but nobody says that they're not capable of achieving their objectives because of corruption. Why is it that we're not talking about the fact that these countries became independent haven't allowed those countries that colonized them to extract significant portions of their wealth such that we had no proper housing, no proper education, no proper healthcare systems, no proper legal systems, no proper across the whole street and certainly nothing to do with building social capital like community development and cultural enterprises. And what has happened is therefore that we have spent the time since independence trying to give our people what the global north has taken for granted and has supported by the extrication of centuries of wealth to give their people out of our blood, sweat and tears. Now when our blood, sweat and tears finances the industrial revolution and the industrial revolution then causes the climate crisis and then I have to pay. For the consequences of the climate crisis, because of the industrial revolution financed by our blood, sweat, and tears, then I think we have no moral authority to tell me anything mm. about the financing of the climate or about why we don't have enough.
6: Is it anger over this that fuels your energy?
8: Anger? Absolutely not. Unfairness, lack of justice. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed mm-hmm. that humankind still wants to believe that there's one world for a set of people and another world for another set.
1: Mm, mm, mm. Can we get a kaboom? kaboom! I've been here, honey, child. Praise the Lord. I had a, yes, I had to double tap y'all on that one because trust me when I tell you truer words, I mean, you guys need to listen to it again and again and again until it really sinks in what she just said. Siobhan says, please have her say it louder. Davina's in the house. Hello, Davina. Uh, Davina says, congrats to um, Dr. Scott. So very proud of you. My fellow Bodden Tanner, and classmate. Um, Lulu says, yes, that video is a boom shakalaka. She and I are afraid and put them in their place every time. You know, there's something to be said, um, folks, for not only speaking the truth, But speaking the truth in a way that, um, you know, it's so interesting that the the follow-up question was, oh, are you angry? Oh, Lord Jesus. Um, Did the woman sound angry to you? To me, she sounded like a woman who was speaking with passion. And even when we are passionate in our discourse, there are people who will say to us, oh, are you angry now that we've asked you that question? And thank God that this woman is nobody's fool. And she set the record straight. No, I'm not angry. What we're talking about here is fundamental injustice. And we can see it in the context of other places, but when it comes to the Caribbean or the African uh, diaspora, we can't see it. All of a sudden we have on these blinders as the entire world, we don't see the injustices. You know, It is just, whew, it's it's deep folks and y'all need to pay attention. And you need to listen now. Sometimes I know we go a little deep and I always have a saying here, Teresa, on the program that I got to give it to them in bite sizes because they can't always chew the whole cake at one time. So, you know, <laughs> some of them got diabetes. So I give them a little piece of the cake and then we'll circle back around to it at another discourse. And that's how you got to do it. So Miss Brenda Archer's in the house. Good morning to Miss Brenda. Um, she said, well said, madam. KK says, the real goat. Um, kaboom says, Debbie, hit that kaboom button. Um, we've got Lu. I think I'm saying there's a Lulu and a, there's two people, with very similar names. I think I'm calling them both Lulu, but they're probably pronounced a little bit differently. So there's a Lulu, maybe they're both Lulu's. I don't know, but good morning to both of you. Uh, Siobhan says, um, facts and KK says when she speaks, trust me, it really resonates at a totally different level. So Siobhan says, yes, that definitely needed an amen as well. So uh, Lulu says, wow, OMG, right? Like you got to You got to really listen um, to this. And folks, if you want some wows and OMGs, please tune in this evening um, on Zoom. I'm going to pick pull up the link here to Dr. Scott and her lecture. Here are the details of what is in store for you this evening. So this is the link. Um, like I said, we're hoping that we will be able to live stream it on our platform but it is uh, deconstructing the Cayman Islands as paradise, reimagining notions of freedom and unfreedom in a colonial Caribbean context. It's being presented by none other than our very own Dr. McKenna Scott, who's a recent, recent Ph.D. graduate from Temple University. 6 p.m. tonight via Zoom. There's a meeting ID and the password. Um, always a good idea to have a meeting ID and password because you don't want trolls coming in there disrupting the lecture. So. Mm. Share it wide. It's on our page, and I'm going to ping it at the top. Please, uh, folks, ensure that you share it wide with everyone um, so that everybody can be tuned in this evening. So Avril, good morning to you. Um, She says uh, Miss Mia is on point. Miss Brenda says when you speak the truth, they always have to respond with its anger. Yes, honey, chill. And you know what? You know what is so interesting? Uh, A little bit off topic here, but sometimes you do get angry when you see things like injustices happening and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with owning the fact that yes, this does make me angry and this makes me upset. And your point would be, you know? Um, So yes. uh, Faith says, mic drop. Play it again. Uh, Mia for president of the Caribbean. (laughs) Alejandro. Good morning. wee -wee says some very strong words. Uh, Siobhan says, not angry at all. Uh, KK says she don't skin teeth with nobody, and when she speaks, she speaks facts, and that's what they're afraid of. And so speaking of speaking facts, um, this is why, again, you want to listen to what Dr. Scott has to say this evening, because this lecture isn't just about her getting up, sharing her personal thoughts. This is research-based, folks. She has done a dissertation years in the making for her to get to this point uh, where she can actually you know, present aspects of her dissertation to the people of the Cayman Islands, and it's based on data. Yes. Empirical data, information. And so that is going to be, um, I think, a critical point that should come across to all of you. So we want to thank our guests. I know Teresa is a very, very busy woman. I know Dr. Scott is a very, very busy young lady as well. Um, so Dr. Scott, are you here? Or are you overseas at the moment?
2: Uh, I'm still currently overseas okay. uh, at the moment. I'm um, hoping that I'll be back for summer normally. Um, you know, during the completion of the program, I was back every summer um, and Christmas and then, you know, COVID. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I haven't been back for um, for maybe about two years or so, but yes. um, really looking forward to coming back and, you know, hopefully joining your program again and, you know, just doing the rounds. Um, because mm-hmm. as you know, as you stated, this is only a, a portion of the dissertation. And, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's so so many aspects that I wish I could uh, get into tonight. Um, but I will just be focusing um, on the the results and, and on highlighting uh, what the Caymanian public had to say um about about these issues
1: okay wonderful um so um alejandro says to think is to risk offending
3: some deep words yep. there alejandro so, Yeah, sandra if you don't mind though because i'm just watching the clock and as you said you know time yes. is ticking and i just wanted well you know uh McKenna, i think you're a queen i think all of you and all of these younger caymanians that are doing marvelous things are queens and kings. But in commenting on what you are trying to achieve, it's essentially to preserve ourselves because we have to have these conversations no matter how painful. And they can't Mm -hmm. be reduced to being anger or some casual Mm -hmm. metaphor. And to do anything less and to continue to be a community which considers itself unworthy, that cannot have a good outcome for us in the future, and I'm just so you know, I'm so thrilled, I'm so pleased. And again, second, third time, fourth time, this takes another Borden Towner to set the record straight. And guess what? <laughs> She's also, female rocking, yes. I gotta go and love you guys, and thanks so thank very much. Thank you so much you this morning. Bye,
1: absolutely. Thank, thank you, thank you. All right, so Teresa, appreciate that. Um, look, we'll just go ahead and wrap up this segment. So Debbie says, uh, would be. Would it not be great if her children um, were baptized in the truth instead of trying to perform exorcisms on them? They're saying, (laughs) yes, honey chair. Um, Well, they can tune in. You can tune in with your kids this evening. And um, this would be a great dinner conversation piece. So you watch the lecture and then afterwards you guys can sit down and have some dinner and talk about all the, um, you know, different aspects of this and what your young people are thinking, involve them in the conversation. Thank you, Debbie, for ensuring that we don't forget our young children and young people as well.
2: So- And and Sandy, I just wanted to to interject with that as well too. our personal history. Mm -hmm. Um, We first met when I was a student uh, in high school doing Junior Achievement. And you were uh, as well with, I think, uh, the Cayman Islands Students Association. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that was instrumental in really uh, showing myself as a younger Caymanian at the time, that Mm -hmm. there were, you know, persons to to look up to um, an organization that was really connecting, um, Mm. overseas, uh, college students at the time that came back with younger Caymanians. Gosh, you remember uh, that? No, I do. And you were my advisor and, you know, you helped me (laughs) get to Kanjak, I think at that point in time. Oh my
1: goodness. You know, I, I know I don't even remember any of that, but now that you're saying it, Um, it's coming back. Wow. Yes.
2: Yes. And so, uh, I think that it's so important, um, to, to involve the, the younger, uh, generation, uh, within the conversation, um, as well. And, and really, Mm. you know, I, I, thank you and I thank the support of the community, everyone. Whenever I, you know, buck up into anyone in fosters or the supermarket, it's always how are things going? Um, you know, uh, mm-hmm. persons have been so supportive. Um, I also want to thank, you know, my parents have been really supportive of me at this time as well. Tony and Marjorie Scott, um, my older brother Shamari has been um, really supportive. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I always joke all the time that now I'm running competition with hey. Shamari. Um, <laughs> oh, I know he's thing. so proud. Um, so I, I just wanted, you know, to to personally thank my family, but also um, to thank the broader community as well. To um, just mm-hmm. because, you know, this wouldn't be possible um without them, and and I'm really looking forward to to presenting this work to community tonight.
1: Yeah, wonderful. So again, folks, 6 p.m. tonight on Zoom. Um, like I said, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to um, live stream it on our platform as well. So Dr. Scott, congratulations. Um, you know, well done. And uh, yeah, you're, you're having a flood of memories. Just come back to me just now about Junior Achievement Days. And, you know, I think it just speaks to how important it is for all of us to try to give back to our young people, to get involved at the community level. Um, and there's so many different things that you can do. So Dr. Scott, thank you so much.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me as well. See you all tonight. Bye-bye. Absolutely.
1: Have a good one. So I'm sure um, Dr. Scott is probably putting the final touches on her presentation. She is um, preparing uh, for this evening and um, get some rest, young lady. That's always really, really important. And yeah, you know, I didn't remember that she was in one of my JA groups. But shall yeah, back in those days, you know, young and had lots of energy. And I was always trying to work with, especially our young people, um, to just encourage them on a really, really positive path. And you start to feel aged a little bit when these young people are now, you know, they've got PhDs, for example, you're like, oh, I'm not so young anymore. (laughs) But, you know, to be even a little part of their journey, giving them a little bit of like positive encouragement, memories, whatever it is, I think is so incredibly important. So before we switch the conversation now to a parent who's going to be joining us and talking about uh, what she says has really been a very difficult and harrowing experience for um, a young toddler that she has um, in in a local school here. I Yesterday, I want to share an experience with you guys because this kind of speaks to the importance of human connections and how we as individuals can make such a difference in our broader community. So, I was in town. Now, those of you, by the way, who won your um, your phones, I have left them. I'm going to text you guys this morning individually, but I've left them at the White House in town. This is the old DMS building. Uh, you can just pop in there, five of you. We only have five FM radios, but you can pop in, grab your FM radio, uh, put your number on the back of it so we know which one is for whom. So just give them your phone numbers and um, you'll be able to collect those. But I was going there um, to do this. And um, I had gotten a call, right? So I was kind of about to jump up. I think I actually jumped out of the car and I heard the phone ring, and I was like, oh, I was leaving the car running. I ra- ran back in the car and it was the physiotherapist saying, hey, Sandy, I haven't seen you in a minute. Are you going to come um, to see me this week about your feet? And I was like, yeah, I definitely need to come. So I don't know if I can go today, but I said probably Friday. So I just had a little chat with her. And there was a young man who had walked up to me in the car and he was just, you know, waiting for me to get off the phone. So when I got off the phone, you know, in a rush, in a hurry, you got to get this done, got to get that done. He said, Oh, Miss Sandy, can I um, speak to you for a minute? And legitimately, sometimes you guys call me and a lot of you say, Hey, you got a minute. And I'm like, uh, just a minute. Cause sometimes a minute turns into like 15, 20 minutes. So, you know, I'm like, okay, how much of a minute is it? Like a real minute, a Caribbean minute, a Cayman minute. Like what, what are we talking about here? A Jamaican minute? Um, so I said to him, I said, "Yep, I've got literally probably a minute. Come inside with me. I'm doing something, but you know, I can do more than one thing at a time. So I'm listening to you talk to me what's going on. And he said, you know, I follow you on social media. I obviously know who you are. I've never met you in person before, but you know, I'm in a little bit of a situation. I'm looking for employment. So he is on a six month contract with a local firm, but that ends at the end of the month. And he says, you know, I'm looking uh, for employment and this is my situation. You know, I'm also going to be looking for housing at the end of the month as well because our lease is up. And um, I have um, a two-year-old child and, you know, I'm trying to do the right thing. And, you know, I'm just finding it really, really difficult um, to, um, basically, he was out handing out his resume. And he had his resume in his hand. He gave me a copy of it. I said, also send it to me electronically. I'm going to send it around. And so we had a conversation. And I said to him, I said, "Um, young man, I want you to think about, I'm willing to help you. Like if you come to me and you just bear it like he did, he bared his soul in a couple minutes and says, I need your help. How can you help me? I'm willing to help people, especially people who help themselves. Yeah. I said, Okay. I said, let's bring, we'll brainstorm and think about how we can kind of put you out there. And I said, would you be averse to maybe even doing a little interview where people can see you and you can, you know, they can check out your presentation skills, honey jail and be like, yeah, I'm going to give this young man an opportunity. I'm going to give this young man a chance. And at first he's like, oh my God, no, I'm too nervous. Oh, Miss Sandy. I don't know if I can do that. And I said, well, think about it. You don't need to make a decision right now. But I said, ask yourself this question what is it that you have to lose? And he was like, whoa, nothing. Not like you're going to have a job at the end of the month to lose or, you know what I'm saying? I said, what is it that you have to lose? Sometimes we're so afraid of, you know, oh, I'm too nervous, afraid of the unknown, afraid of like all the wrong things really. But I said, sometimes you got to just take a leap of faith, take a risk, put yourself out there, and someone is going to be watching you right? In the same way that you came to me, a total stranger, really. And what you said to me resonated. And I'm now saying, let's put that, let's magnify that. Let's use a megaphone. I have a platform that reaches hundreds of thousands of people to be quite frank and honest, right? We've got over 74, 75,000 followers on Facebook alone, but the actual engagement, how many people can see and watch a particular video is limitless when you think about the reach of Facebook and Instagram. Some videos have millions of views. So you only need one person, young man, to see that you need a job. You only need one person to give you a chance. And he was like, you know what? I'll do it. Put the nervousness aside, whatever. Let's arrange it. Let's get it done. So then I went to a function last night. Um, There was a local real estate company that was having kind of a relaunching event. They've now um, partnered with an overseas brokerage firm. And, you know, it's a big deal in the world of real estate, so to speak. And so they had invited me and I wanted to go and support, again, K. Manion's um, Anthony Lawson. Big shout out to Anthony, by the way. Really, really super proud of Anthony and the things that he has accomplished in the world of real estate. Um, you know, doing doing a lot of positive things. And last night was about celebrating this new milestone for him on a professional level. And so I was at that event and, you know, listen, one of the reasons why I go to these events, and I gotta be honest with you, I hadn't really been going to a lot, uh, you know, after becoming a mom, you kind of focus on your little micro family and then COVID and all these other things. But lately I've been kind of just pushing myself. I'm like, listen, if somebody takes the time to invite me to something, I should take the time to show up. Right. Just to be there, show my support and so on. So I said, yeah, I went. Anthony called me himself. I want you to come. I said, all right. So, um, I went to the event and big shout out to him and his partner, Paula and all the folks there over at Diamond Properties. And so, um, You know, you get to you get to meet people, and and some of these people you already know. And I was talking to a few people, and ironically enough, one of the business meetings that I have set today this this is the world of networking. This is why I came out, and y'all need to know how to network now, Honey Joe. One of the business meetings I have today, which is a you know sales meeting, so to speak, uh, those people were at that event last night, and I got to speak to one of the partners. And I was thinking to myself, I'm not so sure that I've ever really had a conversation. You know, you know who people are, but to have a conversation this is how you build rapport and so forth with people honey child i extended it i said hey i'm going to this event i've got um, a colleague who is uh, just started her own law firm i said to anthony hey can i bring somebody else you know i'm bringing my husband but can i do another plus one he's like yeah bring bring people and so i said to her come bring your bring your business cards network people you need to meet some people so anyway where they are having you know Cocktail hour, whatever. Oh, the hors d'oeuvres were to die for, you know, me and my foodie self. Really, really um, enjoyable evening until the mosquitoes came out. Um, But, you know, I was speaking to um, Paul from Davenport and I said to him, Paul, you know, I had a young man today um, who, you know, I kind of gave him the short version of what I just said, approached me about needing a job. He's interested in administrative stuff, you know, whatever. And Paul said, have him con- contact me because we have an opening. We're losing some people and we need somebody who's on the money, who can get stuff done, da-da-da-da. And I was like, mm, I think I just found this young man a job. And he said, Sandy, listen to me. Anybody that impresses you, even on a, you know, first occasion, come like, no, I can't vouch for nobody now. Don't be saying, because I don't know him. He said, listen, anyone that can impress you where you felt the necessity to talk to me this evening about this young man, I want to meet him and I will give him an opportunity. And sometimes that is all we need in life is someone to give you a chance, right? Then it's going to be up to you to prove yourself. And so this is why I say to my people, Caymanians, you can get a foot in the door. Oftentimes, getting a foot in the door is not the issue. I, we can get you there. But then it is incumbent upon you to do your part. Show up to work on time. Be professional. Dress well. Speak well. You know, hustle on other people's work. They're paying you. You've got to then prove that you are worthy of the position. Um, you know, oh my gosh, I've heard so many horror stories about SyFex students going out on work study, putting their head down on the desk, like they're sleeping and they're sitting there with pods in their ears, listening to God knows what. You don't show up to somebody's workplace uh, for work study and that's what you're spending your time doing. Oh no, honey child, y'all need some retooling. I don't know what kind of parents taught you that that would be acceptable behavior. In any work environment, so you know, we we got a lot to work on. But I'm going to try to work with this young man um, and see, really and truly, um, you know, kind of how how far we can we can get him. Um, he's got a, a daughter. He's got um, I don't know if he's told me he was a daughter or something. He's got a two year old, and um, you know, hey, you, you got to focus now, uh, especially when children are in the mix. And try to create opportunities for yourself. So I just wanted to share that story um, that really, really made my day super interesting yesterday. Uh, You know, my phone is always ringing off the hook and I'm always trying to help people and give people advice. But there's certain times when something just really stands out and I take a moment and try to reflect on the connection that I've just made with this individual and what has just happened. And people will help you when you help yourself, especially. And it can literally change the course of your life, if you allow it to. All right, Davina, again, thank you so much. Magdalene is in the house. Hey, girl, we missed you. Um, so Wayne is here. Talking about he was getting bored. Wayne, I need you to pay attention now. Um, so Alejandro says, I and a lot, of, a lot out here are proud of young people like her. Keep it up, never back down. You've got a lot of supporters. Um, I think Alejandro is telling Wayne to go get his cup of tea. Uh, yes, that was some interesting memories that, um, that Mickey, as she's often called Dr. Scott now brought up. And to be honest, there's so many, I think I probably have the world's worst memory because there's a lot that I don't remember. People always say like, Oh, remember Miss Sandy when you helped me do it. And honestly, I'd be like, Oh, I did. Or we had a conversation before and they're like, yeah, don't you remember you did this or you did that? And I honestly don't remember. And I tell you what, I think it is. Not really that I have the worst memory in the world, but I think that um, I do a lot and I help a lot of people and it it's not something that I need to hold on to, if that makes any sense. So I don't need to hold on to the fact that, you know, I helped you once with a CUC bill or whatever. Um, so... I think for me, those things are just not stored in like a long-term memory in my brain. But it's good to know that they can be so impactful to other people. Like other people will have that as a memory. And other people can say, hey, I remember when we were working on the little teddy bears at Junior Achievement and you did this. Or or Miss Sandy, remember when you got that machine, you know, for my granddaughter, for her sight problems so she could try to learn how to read? I mean, you know, I think that we're put on this earth um, and you have to know what your calling is and you have to figure it out. But I think for me, I've always kind of understood, and this is going to sound really, really weird, but even as a young child, um, my name, and I've always known this, Sandra comes from, it's a derivative of Alexander. And Alexander is... um, uh, the meaning of the name means helper or lover of mankind. So I've always felt sort of intrinsically that I was born to help other people, right? And, um, you know, it is what it is. I think it takes many different forms. So on this platform, I try to help the people have a voice. Um, You know, sometimes my help to you is just being honest and telling you the cold hard truth. So yesterday I had a lady call me about her son. She lives overseas and she said, Miss Sandy, I got a situation. I don't know who else to call. She's calling me all the way from overseas. And she says, you know, my son was renting from this lady and she's not giving us her deposit back and we didn't have a lease and da, da, da. So she starts giving me the rundown. I said, um, tell me something. Did you give her the month's notice? And she's like, well, we didn't have a lease. And I said, but did you give her a month's notice? How much notice did you give her? And she's like, no, we, you know. Gave her notice and moved out a couple days. And I said, okay, so you gave her, you didn't give her a month's notice and you moved out and you expect that you're going to get your deposit back. I said, I'm going to tell you the truth now. You're not entitled to your deposit back. But we didn't have a contract. And I said, that is your biggest mistake. Never go into a rental situation or anything of this sort without a contract in place. I said, your contract would have made it very clear to the parties, what your obligations were, right? And she's like, oh, but you know, a lot of these places don't have contracts. I said, listen, you ask for a lease agreement, even if it's just on one little piece of paper. Ask for a contract, because here's the thing. Maybe, cause she's saying, you know, the lady was able to rent the place quickly and whatever. And I said, well, maybe the contract would have said in it, you know, um, if you give notice and you find a replacement tenant, You'll get your deposit back. But I says, as it stands now, in lieu of a contract, so the fact that you do not have a contract, the legal position is that you should have given, or your son should have given the landlord a month's notice. He pays his rent monthly. That's how, that's the rental term. Yes. I said, okay. So the notice period is dependent, unless you have a lease that says otherwise, on the frequency of how you pay. So you pay bi-weekly, you pay bi-monthly, then that's your notice period. You pay monthly, that is your notice period. And this is why you want to have a contract if you want something else. So the fact that he did not give notice, right? Just a couple days, that's not 30 days. And so unfortunately, I hate to tell you in this case, that um, the landlord has all rights to keep that deposit. And, you know, she wasn't happy with the advice, but I'm not here to make you happy. I'm here to tell you the truth. All right, folks, we have a parent who is coming up here. We're going to do a little commercial break um, to sort of deconstruct from that. But we've got a parent who is going to be joining us now and talking about a very difficult conversation. Um, So let's chat about that after these quick messages.
2: Recover personal injury attorneys,
9: helping injured people get what they deserve. Did you know that insurance companies have lawyers that represent their interests? Before signing and accepting any settlement, know your
2: rights. Call us today for a free consultation at 924-9999. That's 924-9999. Recover. Your
9: personal injury attorneys are on standby to assist.
5: Are you tired of overpaying for TV services? Can't figure out VPNs? Constantly missing your favorite TV shows? And no access to the good stuff on streaming services? The frustration is real, but it doesn't have to be. Contact k man streaming pros. We'll put you back in the driver's seat in front of your TV. Call, WhatsApp, or message Roque today on 926-1213. Roque is not a TV service provider. Terms and conditions apply. Crichton Properties is one of Cayman's most trusted real estate companies for over 50 years. We offer a diverse selection of property listings and help our clients navigate the world of buying or selling their properties with confidence. Crichton is a name you can trust with our excellent customer service and family-friendly touch. Contact us today to list your home, land, or condo for sale by calling 949-5250 or email info at CrichtonProperties.com. Crichton Properties, a trusted Cereba member.
10: In the mornings, no one wants to miss listening to the Cold Hard Truth or reading CMR Cayman's number one news platform has made your morning commute fun again. Pass this time with the Cold Hard Truth on weekdays from 7:30 a.m. Talk radio that's engaging, entertaining, and enlightening. But be careful—some mornings it's so hot you might run into a bit of trouble.
1: All right, folks. Welcome back. Morning to Miss Darlene. Miss Darlene says, Sandy, when you do good, you tend to forget. I mean, yeah, I mean, you don't really hyper-focus on it, right? Um, Siobhan says, a lot of stuff um, is stored in my long-term memory. Aw. Wayne says, Alejandro, actually trying to take a break. So I've been (laughs) waiting until after lunchtime to do that. What are you doing? Kudos, says Dean. Um, Miss Dean says, kudos, Sandy, helping that young man just add extra joy to my morning. Lulu says, Sandy, I have to work. Let's talk about the childcare situation. Quick, quick. Oh, honey child. Hello, Mal. Mal says, great advice. Do high schools provide career guidance for graduates um, such as resume and interview and preparation and work ethics? Well, I certainly hope so um, because they need that now more than ever. Thank you. Alejandro says, God has big plans for you, Sandy. Listen, it's all good. They don't have to be no bigger than what it is now, honey child. Um, so K-Mankind Action Committee is in the house. Uh, Miss Sue also saying that's lovely, Sandy, of you to do that for that young man. Sometimes people just need a chance, honey, chill. Uh, Miss Brenda says, Sandra, I say it's, if it's from the heart, then your lips shouldn't part. Oh, I like that saying. I like that. Very good. All right. Um... Alejandro says, well, as far as I remember, there's job experience for the subjects the students choose, um, and they can pick a career that they're interested in and like an internship. Siobhan says people are supposed to help without expecting anything back. And Dean says, you've helped me before in so many ways, and I've always been grateful to you. We don't always see eye to eye, but still love you. Uh, Wayne says that they don't uh, like, they don't look like tea, that don't look like tea, Sandy. (laughs) What I'm drinking uh, um Andine is wondering what's in my cup. she says, I wonder what being her cup tea's supposed to be hot, but hmm, no man this is I don't know which tea this is this morning to be honest. super blends, whatever that means. but no honey chad, that'd be my tea now. um KK is loving that commercial funny <laughs> you guys are so funny. all right, so listen um children we all have a lot of us have children not all of us but you know a lot of us have children and um one of your greatest fears as a parent is um being uh putting your children in an environment where they may not be safe oh my god i can tell you the anxiety that it gives me i'm a, i'm a helicopter parent i'm happy to admit that you know, there's certain things that I will simply not expose my children to. I have no problems telling y'all that I am not going to even expose my child because I only got the one and that's it. One and done. I'm not going to expose her to even certain people, even even family members that I know are just negative Nancy's, hateful people. You know, in my lifetime, I had to I was exposed to those people. And um, if you're not a strong individual, it has a very detrimental impact and effect on you. I'm not going to do that to my child. I will decide until she's an adult who she gets exposed to and who she spends any sort of considerable time with. Yes? And trust me, there will be no compromising on this when someone is toxic and they bring negative behavior to the table, you know, whatever the situation is, and you family members will know who you are, you will not have any access to my child. You will see her in passing and be able to say hi. And even now my child's like, oh, do I have any aunts? She does ask me some questions and she's met a few, like she's met Evelyn, um, you know, uh, and she doesn't really know a whole lot of people in the family and, you know, that's, I'm okay with that. I'm okay because there's been so much dysfunctionality um, over the years and I'm not here to try to, Make it an experiment where y'all are gonna try to solve your your familial issues. You're like, oh, but this is a new generation. You know, we can try with her. Are you ain't trying with my child, Honey child. Under no circumstances, she's not a, an experiment. Okay, so it it's it's a parent's greatest fear that people, and oftentimes it's people that you know and that you trust, will actually um do something to your child. So we've got a parent here. I'm gonna let her explain in her own words, why she's here today and what has basically transpired. But I got to tell you, when I first heard her story, it made me angry. Like and anybody that does anything to a child, I'm like, what is wrong with you? You know, I, th- those, that's like, oh man, it, 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 it takes me to a place that is probably the most dangerous place you can be when you start doing stuff to children. Cause listen, I will defend anybody's child, I see any adult doing something that they should not be doing to a child, I'm likely to take the term defense to a very different and new level, right? And I have thankfully not really been in that situation, but I'm prepared if it comes down to it. So let's go ahead and invite this parent in uh, this morning. Good morning, madam. She uh, wishes to remain anonymous. So For the sake of the program, let's just call her Samantha. Good morning, Samantha. (laughs) Good morning, Sandy. I just picked that out of the That's why she's laughing. She's like, what the hell? (laughs) Of all the names I could give her, we'll just call her Samantha.
9: Well, I do have some friends that are Samantha's. So, uh, (laughs) and I like the name. So, thank you. So,
1: Wayne says, hi. Hey, Sam.
9: Hey, Wayne.
1: (laughs) So, um, so listen, um, obviously I know you and, you know, you and I have a history. You're my friend. And um, one day I messaged you and I said, hey, you know, I've been thinking about you. Uh, Funny enough, Gianna was thinking about you and your daughter. And she's like, hey, you know, when can we have a play date? And so I messaged you. I'm like, hey, Gigi's been asking when we can get together for a little play date. And you were like, oh, my gosh. Um, I forget what your exact response, but you're like something, something happened. And of course my mind was like all over the place. Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, I couldn't even process what that means. You're like something really bad has happened. And I called you and I mean, you can pick up the story from here.
9: Yeah. Thank you. Well, um, well, first of all, thank you for having me and thank you um, for always listening, you know, because I don't know what we would have done when I say we came in. Would have done without Wild road <laughs> because every like you'll understand and, and people that are listening to the show will understand why I say this now because I've, I've been to every um, institution or mm-hmm. organization for help and I haven't received um, an answer that would satisfy my years uh, mm-hmm. not because not because I um that that's what I wanted to hear but I just wanted the truth and justice. That's all I wanted, Mm -hmm. right? I wasn't blaming anyone. I'm not assuming anything. And forgive me if my voice is shaky because I'm so angry. I'm still Mm -hmm. so angry and I'm upset. But Mm -hmm. let me just dive straight into it. Um, So I moved my child in January to this new school. Uh, mm-hmm. She was already in a daycare. Um, there were no issues with that daycare in terms of giving care and everything. It was fine. But the only uh, the only thing about that daycare, the previous one, was that it was too small. So children would get sick quite often.
7: Mm-hmm. And
9: every time I'd have to get off of work to t- look after my daughter, not that it's, it's an issue, but even... Uh I can't take off work. I mean most parents would understand this, and mm-hmm. employers as well when you have an obligation and you're trying to balance your life, you know work life and home life mom life everything it's it's um it's hard so
7: mm-hmm.
9: as a responsible person as well that you want to make sure that everything works for you right so um we were on the waiting list for this new school um for about a year or so and and you helped me as well to. Mm-hmm you know, I found out so much about the school and heard great reviews and I was like, okay, this is where I want my child to go. Mm -hmm. Every other parent, you know, you do your research and, um, you're, you just want the best for your children. Mm -hmm. So, um, she started then January and, um, unfortunately, um, the first, the first day was great. My daughter, she's, um, She's a, she's a happy child. We've not had many issues with her since the time of her birth. She's um, she's very aware of her surrounding, even though she's so young. She's twenty months old now, and mm-hmm. she's she's happy. She's uh, she's an active child, mm-hmm. um, and understands most things because we I started teaching her things right from the age of four months. Right, mm-hmm. talk to her clearly, and like we would talk to her like she's an adult. You know, mm-hmm. uh, she would understand things uh, very clearly and points out to things. She's almost having a conversation now. She's saying sentences. Mm-hmm. So we're very happy with her progress.
11: Mm-hmm. Now, uh,
9: this school, we, we she goes in there happy. I have no issues. I'm like, okay, she went in fine. She went in happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, met all the teachers. Um, uh, you know, not all of them. I think the first day we met like a couple of them. And we went inside, spent about 15, 20 minutes, um, you know, trying to look around this classroom because I'd never been there before. I'd only heard about it. and um, But we just, you know, did a our, our thorough uh, look around or search to to see, like, okay, I think she's going to be okay here. And uh, they had an app. They said that they would send us updates,
7: mm-hmm.
9: um, which the other daycare she was previously in did send us updates every, like, every hour or by 12 o'clock when they were napping uh, Mm -hmm. we would get most of the updates at two o'clock or by the end of the day so we knew what had happened what she was up to what she ate how much water she drank and I'm very particular about these things because I want to know what my child ate Mm
12: -hmm,
9: mm -hmm. uh, or what she did and how her mood was everything so I expected Mm -hmm. the same from the school because that's like the basic or the standard thing that you would expect from a daycare center right or preschool, Mm -hmm. as they call it. Um, So yeah, um, the second day goes by, no daily reports. Um, The third day goes by, no daily reports. I asked them on the third day at at drop off. "Um, I haven't received this. Is this something you do? Or am I asking for too much? You know, I just wanted to know. Uh, They said, oh, yeah, uh, we don't send them daily. We send them twice a week. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, so that's not daily reports then. So you just compile everything and you send it uh, twice a week. Fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll wait for them. But is it possible for you to send me what she ate? Um, and the reason I ask is in case of an emergency and if she is sick, uh, the first thing the doctor is going to ask me, what did she eat? Or what mm-hmm. did she drink? Mm-hmm. And I said, um, and they said, oh, Okay okay you want that like you want that okay so that that was a response i got Mm -hmm. and like what are you asking for um so i said all right and it was i mean i i didn't know what to think at the moment i also had to go back to work so Mm that things happening at work and i just joined this new place which was a wonderful place wonderful employers very understanding um Mm -hmm. and and i've been telling them like okay i have this issue i'm trying to find out blah 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 so anyway, uh, a week goes by, no reports, so I called the office. I, I asked them again, they like absolutely nothing. Um, n- no updates on the app. Mm-hmm. So I called the office and I said, um, hey, um, I just wanted to find out if I could get uh, a you know daily reports or maybe even if they, if they put a comment on the app that you have, what, just what she ate, I just need to know how much water she drinks in the day mm-hmm. and what she ate. I understand you're taking good care of her because, uh, uh, you know, clearly she's fine so far. I think she's happy. And when she comes, she goes in happy, she mm-hmm. comes back happy. Now, this is in the first week, right? And my daughter, she's she's very friendly. Every mm-hmm. time we go out in the supermarket or in the park or anywhere, she'll wave to everybody. She'll say hi to everybody, and then she'll get fist bumps. And you know, she's she's very friendly. And you know this, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing me personally but people that know me as well and are listening to me and probably have recognized me they 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 know how my daughter is so they can speak for for me and my daughter that she's not um I won't say as a parent I understand that kids are naughty and Mm -hmm. and my daughter is getting to that stage where she's you know nearing her two-year mark (laughs) Mm when the terrible twos are so I completely understand uh, kids can be naughty and and a, as an individual, as a caretaker, if you don't understand that and if you're not emotionally capable of handling that, then you shouldn't be there in the mm-hmm. first place, right? So um, the first week goes by, the you know, um, two weeks, three weeks, I'm asking, constantly making calls, sending emails. I have everything documented, by the way, all mm-hmm. emails office to the, to the caretakers constantly asking what she ate, what she drank. And at, at one point, they were so fed up with me that they would, the, the main teacher, the main caretaker will be far away from me. And have mm. someone else pass uh, my child to me because I would ask her questions as she's the head teacher. She mm. just didn't like having conversation with me because, you know, I would get into details and other parents are picking their child up. I understand that, but I also need to know what my child ate because you're not giving me the report. So I, there has to be, I, I have to have some kind of answers, which I wasn't getting them. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, um, I, I even made it, um, you know, mentioned it to, her and I said, I know you're, you're probably fed up with me. <laughs> you're away you, when you see me, you go away from me, but I just need to know what my daughter ate. I, I will ask questions, you know, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise just send me the reports and I won't bother you. And she's like, no, no, no. And she's always distracted. Always. When I would ask her questions, look around, not look at my face and talk to me. Uh, like I, it's, the reason I point this out is because this is a child we're talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not an item that I just pick it up, I take it, always oh, like it's not like a phone. Is this going to work or are you going to repair it? Or, you know, you know I need to. And this is a human being. I went through a lot to give mm. birth to my child. Even before giving birth, the nine months that I had her in me, I made sure that I ate the right thing, I did the right thing, and I wanted to be, you know. As I wanted to do enough for my child, and I always ask that question to Mm -hmm. myself, have I done enough? Is this enough? When she grows up, if she is faced with a situation, can I give her or can I be the example, mommy did this when I was faced with this situation, and maybe you could follow these Mm -hmm. steps, use that as your guide,
11: because Mm -hmm. then
9: probably she'll she'll be even more advanced and then things will be, you know, more uh, available. Mm-hmm. but i i just i always try to make sure that you know my daughter is is taken good care of
7: mm-hmm.
9: um so yeah i i don't get answers from her so i decided this is not going to go well and i don't want them to hate my daughter because of me because i asked them so many questions so i mm-hmm. thought maybe i should just address this with the office so i called the office and i spoke to this um to the, to the office lady there, which was, she's very nice. She was nice in answering the phone. And, and, you know, uh, she never ignored my phone calls. She always answered my calls. And I said, Mm -hmm. Hey, um, I have this issue. Can I get them? While she would say, yes, you get them. I would not get them. I would not get a, get a, um, the report or, I think there was a huge communication gap. Once the response that I received or mostly the response that I received is they are supposed to send it to you, but they usually send the report, like they draft the reports, the Mm -hmm. caretakers, Mm -hmm. and they leave it in in as draft. And then it goes to the director and then the director looks out for any grammatical mistakes and then they're all sent out. Mm -hmm. I said, listen, I don't care about grammatical mistakes. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it was... Stew beef or it was stow beef. I don't care. I I just need to know that she ate some beef, you know, (laughs) if she did. (laughs) Yeah. um, Like potato, patata, whatever. I don't care. Just
7: Uh
9: tell me what she ate. Right. She's like, okay, I'll make sure I understand. So she understood that. And she was a parent herself. So she said, yeah, I understand that. You just need to know. So um, waited. I received one incomplete report the next day. because uh-huh. I asked the te- the caretaker that day, what did she eat? She told me she ate something. And then the report said she ate something, but they didn't match. So I was like, mm, okay, what is going on? Um, uh-huh. Who is telling me the truth now? <laughs> did she eat this or did she not? And maybe she, and I'm like, I spoke to my husband, and my husband like, Oh, maybe they missed it. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe you know, she did eat that and she ate that as well. And they just added, you know, forgot to add that. All right, human error. That's okay. Um, next and and is- just
1: to be clear, I, I hear someone saying, okay, still waiting to hear what the abuse is. So you haven't gotten to that part of the story yet. But yeah. folks, to be very clear, she's indicating some of what led up to it so that she's right. not just talking about the abuse because the broader concern here um, with this daycare facility is that this isn't just a singular one-off issue or a singular one-off concern that the parent had um, yeah. that, you know, the, what eventually happened to the child, um, what is alleged have happened to the child and what this parent says is the actual abuse she believes might be a culmination of her, just being persistent and asking all these questions and the caretakers or the people who are working with the child eventually probably getting frustrated with the mother and maybe even took it out on the child. So that's why we're leading up to that Lulu. We will get there.
9: Yeah. <laughs> it's important to, to understand. Yeah. We, we do situation.
1: have a caller on the line. So maybe we'll take this call. Okay. Um, good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Good
13: morning, Sandra. How are you? Not
1: bad, dear. How are you?
13: I'm good. I'm listening to this mother, and I can hear as a mother, as a parent, mm-hmm. her voice, she is shaky. But there's a lot of things as a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, she made a statement in the sense of children go through their terrible twos. Not mm-hmm. all child is the same. Mm-hmm. Not all child go through a terrible two. Some go through one, two, three, four, five. My daughter's seven years now. Yeah. I've never experienced a terrible one to six with her. Now that she's seven, mm-hmm. she has come to that stage that she wants things her way.
7: Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm.
13: had her in a daycare, right? Mm-hmm. Um my child was premature. You may recognize my voice a lot, don't Gianna born August Nate mm-hmm. 2016. My mm-hmm. daughter born August Night twenty fifteen. Mean you had this conversation mm-hmm. inside of cost or less. Mm -hmm. my girl my daughter was three pounds and she born Mm -hmm. but when you're asking a caregiver Mm -hmm. sorry when you're asking a caregiver a teacher to monitor how much water you're drinking you it's best for you to get uh i mean you notice that in immigration or work on the work list there's caregiver there's nana and there's domestic helpers there's Mm -hmm. three different titles there but if you're asking for all of this it's best for you to hire someone to work at home. You are entitled to have your child at home until she's three or four years old, mm-hmm. until you send her off to school. Because I think that you're really taking the teacher or the caregiver out of her place. Now, if I had to go out every minute to find out what my child that would be an issue. But mm-hmm. what I did, I sent my child food with, to school for her. So mm-hmm. I knew what she was eating. As a right. parent, we have to be more responsible as well. Listen, if abuse went on, it's wrong in all way possible because mm-hmm. as a mother i would not love it but now if you don't want your child to eat something school because the same thing now she goes to a private school she doesn't eat from brussels sprouts she doesn't eat from um what's this place in kimana bay they have a small restaurant there oh tom so foodery yes yeah, so what i have to do is that i have to get subway to deliver her her steam mm-hmm. vegetarian wrap every day except Thursdays. Mm. So I had to amend certain things. I had to do certain changes because I knew she didn't want that food.
1: yeah so, uh, I I think, I, I think the I, difference I, I think the difference here your
13: child't want it yeah no but well, let me I, say I think yeah. the
1: difference here right is they promise this is this is a very important thing they promised a certain quality of care. So they mm-hmm. the ones who said reports daily reports will be provided. Yeah, when daily reports were not provided,
4: failure.
1: then they I, said biweekly yeah. reports will be provided. And I think what this parent is saying, what Samantha is saying, is not only were biweekly reports never really provided, but on top of that, they were very incomplete. So it wasn't that this parent was going, going in, in there.
4: They did that Album. yeah because well, I, I i, don't I also want to a, um... i was I,
9: mm-hmm. if i may add uh i, I complete and i want to thank this parent for this comment because uh as a responsible parent i would send food and water every day for my child mm-hmm. every day she had food in her and and Trust me, I had about five to six containers in her bag of different types of foods that she likes. And, mm-hmm. you know, and because the school was providing lunch uh, and other, other uh, snacks and stuff, my daughter started looking at other kids and, and was not eating her food. So she mm-hmm. was the, t, the the caretakers told me that oh she was she she tried to eat someone else's food today because she it was different. So I said, okay, so I'll start. So what I did, I would still send her food mm-hmm. and order uh from their meal ordering system. And I said, if she eats but anything and I haven't ordered, ordered, and I said, you why don't you
13: menu was if you're telling me now that you're ordering from their daily menu or order system, you would know what was on the menu. I guess all they had to provide is chicken or beef that they
9: Exactly. And that was not provided. And whether she, okay, I just uh, wanted to know, where did she eat that? Or did she eat my food? Because some of it would come back. So if she hasn't eaten my food that I sent, did she eat good. your food? And what did she eat that day? Did she eat chicken? Or did she eat beef? Or did she eat pasta? Or did she just eat something else? Or did she not eat at all? And I would always send her smoothies and fruits and other snacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I tried telling them if you can just give her that smoothie, you know, if she doesn't eat anything, that that mm-hmm. is good enough because there's chia seeds and there's, there's peanut butter, there's there's fruits in it and there's milk and that's 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 food right there, right? Mm-hmm. And if she if if that makes and it's it's like a whole bottle, right? A big, mm-hmm. I think a 500 ml of uh, smoothie. And if you can mm-hmm. give her that every few one minutes, one more she'll question be fine. before
13: hanging, not cutting the call out. So she just mentioned peanut butter. You see, majority of the schools. And the daycares in command does not allow nuts and stuff because other children are allergic. That is a red flag right there. I mean, every school system is different. My daughter went to daycare; nuts was not allowed. Nothing to do with nuts. She's in a private school now. That your no child is allowed to car mm-hmm. nuts because you have other children that are allergic, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I get I I understand as a parent where she's coming from, but I can't wait to see what they did because I really and truly it it. it, it I mean, there's always two sides to the store. I understand Mm -hmm. what she's saying,
9: but I mean. But just to clarify, uh, this is the peanut butter or the smoothie, whatever you're referring to, that was coming from me, not from the school.
13: Yeah, yeah, no, but still, you do have children that are allergic. So they should have said from day one, because right now, if you're telling me that, it's easy that your child can take this smoothie, had peanut butter in it, and the child was going by and got an allergic reaction, that kind of way. Mm -hmm. So I'll listen to what, wet down, but I, I yeah. would question not only the school system, but question, I mean, other, there, there, there's, there's so much involved right now that mm-hmm. it's puzzling. Anyway, yeah. I'll hang up. So, okay,
1: okay thanks. I appreciate that. 936-BOBO's is a helpful number. So, I mean, obviously, Samantha, the issue here isn't <laughs> about the food. It's yeah, about exactly. <laughs> they promised you a report. They yeah. they said that they have this reporting system, a daily reporting system, and you've never received a daily report.
9: Yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: and I've never- Even received, when they said yeah. to you, okay, it's not daily, it's bi-weekly. Have you yeah. ever received a bi-weekly report?
9: No, I didn't. Um, I only received the report when I when I uh, remember when I uh, called and I said I haven't received uh, the report. This would be the mi- in the mid month. Um and that which was incomplete. And, mm-hmm. um, after, you know, several requests and calls and said, okay, I haven't received this. Um, and what, so, what else
1: is contained in the report? Cause you just talked about what the child's eating, but what else is in the report that you actually wanted to see? The child uh, was what, 18 months old, 15 months old. Yeah. Uh,
9: at the time she was 18, 19 months old, um, in January, uh, in February, 19 months old. And then in January, she was uh, February, she was 20 months old. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Yeah, coming back to um, the next uh, the next thing, in February, um, the first week of February, so the, the month of January goes by and all these, um, you know, red flags here and there pop up. And I'm saying, oh, you know, um, as a parent, the, the, you worry. But then these things, you, you just can't control everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and some things just happen and you just have to let them go and just have okay, that what understanding. What sort of red flags are we talking about? One, uh, communication from the teachers, uh, Mm -hmm. which was very poor uh, from the caretakers. They didn't want to talk to me uh, because I was asking too many questions and I wanted to know. And when the caller said that, oh, if you want uh, uh, a detailed report of drinking water and this and that, then you should have a nanny. No, that doesn't work for me. And that doesn't work for many, many, many parents. And uh, thank you for your suggestion. But. this school, like like you pointed out as well, right? Uh, it promised that kind of quality care. And I send mm-hmm. water from home. I, I wasn't even expecting them to turn the tap on or or the bottle, whatever, and give my child water. That bottle, the, the way I would send it, it would come back. And that's why I was worried, is she drinking any water at all? Because mm-hmm. if she's dehydrated after playing so much, then that's another problem. Then I have to stay home again. But anyway, uh, moving on, then this, the, the first incident uh, that was reported, uh, I got a call one day in the office at around four o'clock that um, Ella uh, put her finger in her toy. And when she was trying to get her finger out, she ripped it off and and her her finger got a cut. So she was bleeding and they took care of her immediately, put whatever. And, um, you know. Vaseline, whatever, and uh, she's fine. They she put the band. They put the bandaid on, and mm-hmm. uh, she just tried to rip the bandaid off because she doesn't like it. Well, that's the first time she ever got a cut. Not to say that I'm not blaming them. They I'm not. What what I'm saying here is that why was there a toy which was age inappropriate in that classroom? She's 20 months old. Why was there a truck there that she that she that she could put her finger into? Where were the four caretakers? uh when this happened uh-huh. or I understand that you can't keep watching 16 or 17 children, um uh-huh. you know, at just, you know, keeping a very, very close eye. But at the same time, you shouldn't have those toys there. There you could have a soft toy or you could have crafts or you could have something else, which they did. They have, they had crafts as well.
11: Uh-huh. And,
9: So I get the call and I'm like, okay, what do you mean cut? Well, it's a small cut when when you come and you'll see. Now, (laughs) I heard that um, and I was like, a cut? Okay, so I called my husband and said, "Uh, this is what has happened. We need to go there. And this was at four o'clock. I told my workplace and uh, we sped up to the place and found her. Her finger did have a cut just by the nail. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, I mean, let's just say that there was a cut. And what upset me was that there was a toy there in the first place that was not supposed to be there. Not that that an incident occurred because things happen, right? And children play; things happen. They fall down. She could have just fallen down, and I'd be like, "Oh, I'm sorry," you know. I like to my baby. You fell down. Okay, I hope you're okay. Made sure she was okay. And get a bruise, uh, like a, mm-hmm. a scratch or something. That's understandable. That kids fall down all the time. So that happens. Um, I, I, the, the teacher told me we went, picked her up. Everything was, you know, I said, okay, that's understandable. Uh, told them, please remove any other toys that you think might hurt my child or any other child for that matter. They said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I called and then the next thing I do is I get home, I send an email to the office and I say, hey, uh, this was just reported to me and we appreciate the call, uh, but could you please make sure that there are no more toys such toys mm-hmm. in the classroom and that, you know, this incident doesn't occur again because clearly they fail the first time for just even having that toy there. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, as a parent, I wanted to make sure that for my peace of mind, I have addressed this issue. And, um, she said, yeah, sorry about that. And, uh, all the toys that could cause any potential harm or, um, you know, a cut, it has been removed. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, then the next day, um, let me just quickly go through the, um, yeah, the next day, um, our, we send our daughter. Everything is fine. Pick her up. Every My, my daughter's cranky. She's, a bit, she's, you know, she's crying and, and, uh, and upset about something. Um, but we're just thinking she's just tired. Or maybe she's just hungry and didn't eat properly. Take her. Come home. There is a severe diaper rash in her you know and there's a severe diaper rash uh-huh. it is red and it has um, there's there's rash all over from fun- from front to back hmm. and i just looked at it and she wouldn't let me touch my daughter was shaking she was crying in pain she couldn't sit and we had no idea why she was crying when we put when we were putting her in the child seat and getting mm-hmm. her home, we just thought like she wanted to be with me. She's still breastfeeds, so I thought maybe she just wants some milk, and maybe she's just crying. She had she probably had a rough day, and you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not thinking anything of it. But when I and the first thing that we do every day, we bring her home. I first go change her diaper just to make mm-hmm. sure that she hasn't pooped or, or, you know, I, I don't know, mm-hmm. uh, maybe an hour ago, the diaper was changed and and she drinks a lot of water and she drinks lots of fluids and she, you know, she's a good pooper. <laughs> so I go, I find this and I'm, I'm so upset looking at it because my daughter is upset clearly. She's crying. We couldn't, we couldn't touch it to clean it uh, because it had to be cleaned and she was crying right and this is making me so angry because this is clearly neglect and this is the second time now and just a just a day later this is this has happened I mean she's a 20 month old she can't change her diaper she can't she's not she's almost she is in the process of getting potty trained but this someone didn't check my daughter how long this had to be for a very long time for a rash like that it was red red yeah, and there were bumps on her on her part. Mm-hmm. And it for this kind of rash, it, it's mm-hmm. not like one hour, two hours. This had to be hours. And mm. there were four diapers in my bag. And I all, always send five diapers. So that that is telling me that you didn't change my daughter at all. Mm-mm. And you just changed her just before we got home. Like before she was being sent home, because clearly there was there was some cream aft on, on it, but mm-hmm. the rash was so bad. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I feed her and then I send an email to the school and say, mm-hmm. I have just received my daughter with a severe diaper rash what happened at this time a daily report would have been really helpful so i would have known how many changes were made how many times she pooped or how much she ate or what she ate what had happened or that there is a diaper rash this incident was not reported we just mm-hmm. collected her found a rash at home with and a crying baby the whole weekend went by with her in pain we went to the mm-hmm. pharmacy got the, the neospora and everything it helped her with the pain uh and stuff but it was uncomfortable And so Mm -hmm. I was, I sent an email and said, okay, we need to address this. I need to meet you. So before I even went to the office, the the office had already communicated this to um, the head teacher. And um, she said, I I apologize for what happened yesterday. We, uh, she was sleeping and we didn't change her. We didn't check her uh, when she was sleeping. She probably pooped when she was sleeping. Um, And um, yeah. So, and, and we just looked at it a little later uh, and we apologized for that. It will not happen again. I mean, what am I going to say to that? You're, you're mm-hmm. acknowledging what happened. So I said, okay, yes, please. Could you make sure, uh, knowing that she eats well, uh, could you check her diaper a little, you know, uh, maybe two times a day or three times a day, uh, every hour? Um, I don't know. Could you, like, mm-hmm. just, you know? Uh, set timings to make sure like this is because each child is different right mm-hmm. and each child has has different needs so if you can please attend to this need would be great you, you promise so basically
1: time. the overarching thing here is that there was a quality of care that you were expecting right and these are examples of how that wasn't being
9: delivered right exactly okay then the okay. next incident um uh, happened maybe three two to three days after that um that was addressed she said okay um the office sent me an email and said i i understand that this was uh, addressed by the teacher and i said yes you are reassured that this was not going to happen again mm-hmm. but at, by this time my heart is is boiling because <laughs> mm-hmm. but at the same time i'm like no i have to give them an opportunity because things happen again although this is neglect um They said they'll take care of it. It's been, Mm -hmm. it's brought to their attention. I did what I had to do. They're going to do what they have to do. And I have to keep, you know, keep checking. Um, Two days later, I get um, a call from this other caretaker. Mm -hmm. And she says, "Um, I get a call at four o'clock at work again. And she says, "Um, there has been an incident with your child. I was like, okay, what incident? And she said, another child bit her arm. So mm-hmm. I said okay, uh, and at this point now my heart is almost jumping out of my mouth. I wa- I'm nauseous. I can't hear anything, and I'm like, okay, just give me a moment. And I said, so I started asking questions. What do you mean by um, wh- how how did this happen? And she said, well, uh, they were there were two kids that were playing, and while playing, um, this other child bit her arm. And I said, okay, how bad is it? And she said, uh, well, there is a mark. It's not blue. It's not green, but there is a mark. I said, okay, is there blood? And she said, no, it's it's just a little red. I said, when you come here, you'll see.
12: Mm-hmm.
9: I said, okay. Um, so I said, how did this happen again? And she said, well, as I said to you before, like she, her attitude completely changed because I was asking again uh, that, um, She was playing with another child, and this child bit her. I said, okay. And I said, where were you? Did you see this happen? Or did you just hear my child cry, and then you went to it, and then you find out, like, did you see the whole thing? And she said, yeah, uh, I was around there, and when I saw, I just um, separated them okay. I said, all right, when, what time did this happen? She said, um, I think two o'clock. Um, no, it happened at three o'clock. I said, Mm -hmm. okay. So it happened at three o'clock. You call me at four o'clock. Um, all right. Okay, fine. I'll be there shortly. At this point I am, uh, I'm angry. Mm -hmm. I'm upset. And within one week I had so much happen and I was just trying to get over uh, these things and understand I'm a first time parent. Um, Mm -hmm. so that anxiety is there too, right? What ifs and what, what nots. And I've lost a lot of people in my life. I'm not saying, but it's just that, you know, when you compile all these things, there is an anxiety there and there is, um, there is why I care so much. There's a reason why I care so much. Right. Um, and I think it's reasonable enough for any parent to care. I'm I i, I do not think questioning, like, oh, why are you doing this? Or this is doing too much or this is expecting too much um from from daycare centers. No, that there's a reason I put her in that daycare because that daycare promised that, right? I did my research. So anyway, going back to that incident, um, my husband picks me up, we go there, um, and we're walking towards the play area of this mm-hmm. of the school. I see this teacher, uh, the, or the caretaker, um, and my daughter was in this little playhouse that she was playing, and this was outdoors, right? Mm-hmm. She, she picked up a fruit, a dry fruit, whatever that fell from a tree, and she, she likes that. you know, children that age like to put things in their mouth. Uh, she picked up that thing, and she was putting it, and I was watching my child go just to see how her mood is after that bite. Is she still crying or she's okay, right? From the car, I walked to that play area, She's putting this thing in her mouth. And this teacher is like, come here. I. Your parents are here. Come here. Come outside. And then she saw my child having this fruit in her hand. And she said, I told you not to put that in your mouth. Drop that. And she just, my daughter is 20 months old. Okay.
4: Mm-hmm.
9: You don't talk to my child like that. You don't talk to any child like that. You don't say that. You say, hey... I how I speak to my daughter. I won't say like how I speak to my daughter. I say, baby, we don't put that in our mouths. That's not something you can eat. You want some food? I can give you some food. You know, while I don't expect the teacher or the caretaker to speak to her that way. Oh, baby, come here. I at least expect that teacher to say, oh, let's not put that in our mouths, okay? Or you know, mm-hmm. s- something. On so those they lives. so they had
1: a different style of speaking to your child than yes, you appreciated.
9: That, yeah. Definitely. So I just looked at her and I and I, I didn't address that at that moment, because there were parents around. And I just wanted to talk to this teacher privately about Mm it. Um, So I, I, my daughter sees me, she comes running to me and she's excited, like she's happy to see us. And I pick her up. Uh, check her arm her arm is swollen from that bite she clearly has that circled bite mark on her arm and mm-hmm. she says no touch mommy no touch and because it was hurting her um so i said okay i'm sorry baby and i kissed her arm right
2: mm-hmm.
9: and then i i told this i i said to this uh, caretaker i said I'm sorry, but I'm really upset um, to hear another incident, a third incident in a row within like within a week. And I was I hadn't even finished saying anything. She just got so upset. She rolled her eyes. And she's like, Oh, what do you mean you're upset? I mean, these things they just happen. And and children, they they they, you know, they they play with each other and they fall down and everything. And uh, this is, it's not like we can separate your child from other people just to keep her safe. My husband and I just looked at each other while she's like very loud and this attitude. And there are other parents around looking at us uh, like, what is going on here? Um, And, and then she says, um, Children do this all the time. And uh, yeah, we can't separate her and put her in another place and just to keep her safe. I said, I I said, in nowhere I'm saying that you should put my child in a separate room. The reason she is in this, in this daycare is so that she can socialize and develop in that area. Otherwise, I would have her at home with her nanny. You know, I I I don't want to separate my child from this environment. But yeah, if if she's gonna get harmed, no shit. I'm going to get my child out of here. But mm-hmm. I didn't say mm-hmm. that to her over there, right? Um, so I said, okay. And I said, clearly, you, you seem more upset than I am. Mm-hmm. And she, she just like, just, you know, kind of chuckled and said, no, but you're angry. I said, I'm not angry. I'm disappointed and I'm upset. There's a difference.
7: And mm-hmm.
9: the way you're talking to me right now, that is making me even more upset. Um, And she said, well, I'm just trying to say that, um, you know, things happen with kids. And it's not like your daughter doesn't beat anyone else. Your daughter beats others, too. And if she hadn't taken the toy from that other kid, then uh, she wouldn't have gotten bitten. Mm -hmm. I lost everything, like all my senses at that point. Uh I probably should have just punched her face when she said that, because (laughs) first of all, I'm, I'm sorry, but it had made me so upset and I was trying to keep my cool and my calm, and, and -hmm. and handle this as, as a, as, you know, patiently as possible Mm -hmm. because it is a matter of my child. Right. And at that time, obviously I had not decided to take my child out of there. Mm -hmm. um, Because the most, uh, I don't know, the scary part is not there yet. If you think this is scary. Um, I just looked at her and I said, oh, okay, um, yeah. And she said, you don't know, it's so hard to deal with these kids. They're everywhere, they're all everywhere around all the time. And I, and I said, never was it reported that my child has beaten someone mm-hmm. and in the other school and in this school. In fact, this school, the other teacher had, one of the other teachers had told me that my daughter is, is so loving that she shares her food and she doesn't eat her food uh, properly. Even what is given to her from school, she likes to share it with everybody. And I am not saying in no way that my daughter is not capable of hitting someone. She's a child. I would, uh-huh. I would totally accept this, that, you know, as children, they they, um, they play they learn things from each other and they start hitting or at this age or start throwing things. But what did you do as a caretaker? Did you correct her or was this brought to our attention that your daughter is now hitting everybody? Uh, would you uh, tell her not to hit or your daughter is going to be expelled if she does Mm -hmm. this? Why, Mm -hmm. if it was such a serious concern, why was this not brought to our attention? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, not the other daycare didn't have any issues with that. Maybe she was younger then, right? So I'm mm-hmm. I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt this whole time. Trust mm-hmm. me, I am, and I'm so angry. But anyway, um, and then I just we said okay, we try to calm her down. We we mm-hmm. as parents are trying to calm calm this damn caretaker down because parents are watching us everybody's watching they're picking up their child and they're watching us this commotion there that Mm -hmm. something is going on some drama is here now and i I definitely do not want to be a part of it and i take my child and we we get in the car and we go uh Um. i am disturbed by this whole attitude all these incidents that Mm -hmm. happened Mm-hmm. I I, at, at that time, I'm thinking that is nothing compared to where I'm in whose care I have my child in. If mm-hmm. this person is is, uh, I mean, visibly, emotionally unstable to handle her own emotions. And you're telling me that I have my my daughter in her care. Hmm. Um. Toddlers are very they will challenge you. Mm -hmm. kids challenge you and every parent will agree to this they I mean they do that to us as parents and no matter how calm you are no matter what you do they still challenge you but Mm -hmm. if you are not stable from the get-go then you shouldn't be there this is not your place to be there you need to find something that brings peace to you Mm-hmm. And not harm other people's children. or, or, or no. I'm not saying this teacher harmed my child. I am mm-hmm. not saying that when I tell you about the next incident that happened. All I'm saying is that this teacher is not capable of, of being around toddlers because she cannot handle her emotions. If she lost it on me like that when I asked a question and I just simply expressed how I felt, then you don't belong there. That's it, Right. And this is my opinion this is my experience. Mm-hmm. I don't know about whatever the school has given her what training this training that training well that clearly didn't work because I saw mm. it for myself. Now we go home the first thing my child comes home she's vomiting. I said mm. uh okay I'm thinking I'm I'm still thinking about her behavior and her So th-
1: this isn't that. the same day as the this bite is the this day. is another day.
9: No this is the same day as the bite. Same day as
8: the Uh, bite. Same day as the
9: bite. The same evening as the bite. She's Mm -hmm. vomiting. I'm thinking, oh, she's got the bug that is going around. Everybody's vomiting and and diarrhea and all that kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, okay, um, she's vomiting. Uh, I think she has a bug. We have uh, a whole other weekend now to go through, uh, you know, being sick. (laughs) So I feed her, she's not eating anything else, just milk, just breast milk. And I said, okay, I'll just feed you a bit cranky, upset, whatever. The night goes by Um, next morning at around seven 30, she drinks milk. She, she vomits like a lot, like whatever she had in the night, everything is out. And she even vomited on me. So, and herself. So I said, okay, baby, come, let me change you. So I changed while I was changing her, Mm -hmm. the, to my horror i see a a bruise on her back right and they look like fingerprints on her back and now i do not want to believe what i'm seeing and i do not want to i just like i wish i'd w- <laughs> like i want to be blind you know in that moment <laughs> i'm like no this is not happening why is is this really what i'm seeing right now and I tried touching her and she she just, you know, um, I don't know what you call it, but she just moved my daughter and she said, mama, no touch, mama, no touch. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, this is something. And I called my husband right away and I said, he was, he was at home that day working from home and it was like 7.30 in the morning. So I said, um, please come here. Um, I see something and I just don't want to I, I don't know. Tell me what you think this is. I didn't say what it is because I, I don't like to make assumptions. Mm-hmm. So he sees it immediately, tries to touch it. She doesn't. She says, "Daddy, no touch, please, no touch." And I said, "And she's crying, right?" Mm-hmm. Um. We look at each other, my husband and I, and I'm, and he's like, "Let's let's just take her to the bathroom. the 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 light is brighter there." Mm-hmm. Um. So we. Put her like we turned her around and try to look at the bruise and we're like well this looks like finger marks to me and I was like yeah they look like that to me as well um okay what do we do next uh I said I I I don't know we're just we're just quiet at that point where there was mm-hmm. like silence because there's so many things going on in our head um, and we don't know what to think. And I don't want to think the worst. I don't want to think the worst, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking maybe. I'm thinking maybe it was something at home. Maybe she. Let's check. Maybe it's the car seat There was a buckle, or maybe this, or maybe that. No, there's absolutely nothing in the house that could look like that print. And there's no way that she. She. It's like she's not. She does. She was sick, and this wasn't mm-hmm. there the night before I gave her a bath. So it's clearly. Something that happened. Um, She doesn't go anywhere else. She doesn't go to like parks with a nanny or a caretaker or anywhere else. She goes to that daycare. She comes home. She's with us. Goes back to that daycare for the whole week. We go work, daycare, home, work, daycare, home. Grocery Mm -hmm. store sometimes. She's not running around in the grocery store where she could get hit or someone could hit her. Because, you know. I'm not saying... That this happened at the daycare and someone did it there, and I'm also uh-huh. saying it that it happened, and I cannot ignore that there's a bruise on my daughter's back. So, uh-huh. um, my, we send an. I, I tell my husband, oh, "Okay, this has to be reported to the school again. Let's go have a meeting with them and find out why this was not reported. Uh-huh. If a child hit her, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm also thinking maybe a child could have hit hit her, right?" Because uh, uh-huh. children do that all the time. She's already got a bruise on her arm, and it's swollen because someone bit her. Apparently, because she grabbed this toy. Um, maybe someone, you know, hit her with a toy. Uh-huh. Uh, but if someone hit her with a toy, there are four teachers there, and or four caregivers, and you're telling me that none of them saw this happen. And if they had seen this happen, I can assure you, a hundred percent. They would make this call to let us know that someone hit our child, just like they reported the biting incident, because um, that they don't want this kind of, um, you know, an incident there unreported and that, that you know, that's not them.
7: Mm-hmm.
9: You know what I mean? Why would you want to take the blame on you? And you would just immediately report it. This was not reported. Now, there are two things here. One is that you didn't see it if a child really hit her. Uh, which means, again, another another uh, uh, um, reason for me to believe that you've neglected my child. You failed me there because you haven't seen what happened. And it was so bad, right, this thing, the, those um, prints, that it was blue, like bluish, you know, um, that it, it was visible enough. So I take her to the... I told my husband, I said, uh, I, I, this is not digesting well with me. Uh, please tell the daycare that we ha- need a meeting and we're going to take our baby out because we, we can't, um, I can't trust them anymore to have, to watch my child. This all happens in one week. Yeah, no, I'm good. Thank you. I, I don't know what I'm going to do, but first, first step, mm-hmm. we get her out of there. Tell them that um, we need to, we need to discuss this with them. It's serious. Something's telling me, take her to the hospital because I'm worried that maybe she's not injured somewhere else because this was clearly not reported. I want to make sure other parts of the body are not injured. So I Mm -hmm. I check everything. I test everything, but I'm not a doctor. So I told him, uh, told my husband, I'm going to take her to the hospital right now just to make sure she's okay and her internal organs organs are all fine. Mm
11: -hmm. So
9: take her to the hospital. The doctor sees this and he says, where? How did this happen? And he's shocked to see this, right?
11: Mm-hmm. And I tell
9: him this is what happened and and, um, I mean, i I just received her this way from the daycare and i I saw her saw it the next day, I didn't see it the first day because you know, I didn't I mean, why would I check her back? when I came home, she was sick, right? Or any part of the body, because I wasn't expecting anything like this to happen. No one expects this, right? So I'm thinking my daughter's in the best daycare, uh, in the best preschool, as they boast about their reputation, that she's going to be fine. But if she's sick, then she's sick because she has a bug from another child. But anyway, uh, the doctor is shocked and he tells me that this is his his, uh, report. Uh, He Mm -hmm. said, well, I have to report this to MASH. Because uh, this is clearly a sign of abuse because uh, it had to be um, an object with and hit with an impact to cause this kind of bruise, and she had to ha- had to be crying. Um, and I at that moment, my heart sank because that's not what I wanted to hear. I just I just wanted to, you know I just wanted him to say, yeah, it doesn't it just probably looks like something. But the doctor is telling me this. And I'm breaking right there. And I said, um, okay. Um, and all I can say is okay. Because <laughs> I, I clearly remember this because it's such a, it's been such a nightmare from that moment on right and then i said i think they look like finger marks to me and he said what kind of fingers are these i said " Uh, i "I don't know i don't want to make assumptions and that is the reason we are here i wanted you to check her to make sure there's no other you know injuries on her body Mm -hmm. and he said uh well it's it's a very good thing that you came here first because i can see this uh obviously it's not exactly um when it happened, we won't know that time, but clearly there's a bruise and something has happened. And there is, um, and this looks, and he, sh- he so he put her uh, on his arm and he showed me the pattern of how far it was going down from her back to the, to almost reaching her spine, right? And he said, it looks like a belt buckle or a ruler, um, and, and I, I just couldn't hear those words. And I said, uh-huh. okay, all right, okay. Uh, and he said, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, this happened. I, or we don't know what it is, but it looks like these because it was a pattern bruise, right? It, it, uh-huh. was, it it's just an ind- indication that an, it, it was an object or he showed me how it looked like. Um, so he said, okay, can you give me a moment? So he goes out, makes some calls, comes back, and we're in the in the room uh, at HSA. And uh, he then reports it to MASH, the online form that he fills out. He puts in his report and uh, mm-hmm. gives my name, the name of the daycare, everything, all the details. And he said, and within 24 hours, we will receive a call from MASH. And, and uh, then the investigation will be taken, um, you know, will be started from there. So I said, okay um then we don't get a call um I follow up it so just,
1: just to be just to yeah. be clear right people are saying i um, kind of move this story along but I just want to be clear on a couple things so yeah. you picked her up from school the previous day because you got a call about a bite mark from another student right right you took her home you gave her her night bath so Tiana is saying, was this mark visible during bath time that night? And you're saying, no, it was not visible.
9: No, at that, that night, I didn't give her a bath in the night. I just gave her, like, I just changed her diaper because she was really sick, uh, like throwing up. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I couldn't have, I didn't, I didn't see it at that night. I didn't see it. I just changed her. I just sponged her. And um, I didn't see any, I didn't notice anything, but she was really crying that night and she just Mm -hmm. wanted to drink milk so I just took her in my arms I had no idea why she was crying but I just had to feed her I thought she's hungry so I put her to sleep the next day in the morning at 7 is when I saw the mark it had it it had discolored right it was blue kind of blue it had the blue shape Mm -hmm. so yeah
1: so um and when she woke up in the morning what was her demeanor was she still I know you said that she didn't want you to touch that area so she, she was, was still um, yeah, she was
9: still kind of cranky and upset, like you know, not not the happy self that she wakes up and um well she's not always happy. she's like sometimes she's a bit fussy, doesn't want to get out of bed, that kind of thing, but this was not that this was uh-huh. she's sick and she's throwing up kind of sick, right and in bed she threw up she threw up on me she threw up on her and it was a lot so i got her out of the bed we went out to the living room and i i had her sit down on the couch she threw up there as well so she's just throwing up and that's when i like try to get her clothes off and i see her her bruise then then yeah okay
1: Okay. so then you take her to the hospital yeah the doctor says to you this looks like a A instrument of some sort yeah. that has caused this, whether it is a, um, uh, you know. And,
9: yeah, a ruler or a ruler. belt buckle. And yeah. I'm thinking, who is wearing belts? <laughs> the, but maybe they do. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. That's the doctor's opinion, not mine. Um, I didn't want to make any assumptions, and that's why I took her to the hospital. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, these are not my words. These are the words of the doctor. If I mean, that's on the report. <laughs> So uh, he,
1: he calls MASH unit, which he's obligated to do, Yeah. mandatory reporting.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: um, And then he reports it to MASH. And then um, if you can briefly tell us what happened with the MASH and the police.
9: Yeah. So the police, then um, I I follow up and then someone gets in touch with me. I send them all the emails and uh, let them know because all the incidents were reported, were documented in the email like, a- after every incident. So just send them the whole thing so that they... They get an idea, send them pictures because apparently they hadn't received the pictures from the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then we had an interview and I spoke to the officers. The officers said that they will investigate and they'll get back to us. Then they investigated, whatever. They come back the next day and they said, uh, they called me back again to the office. Uh, we went there and they said, unfortunately, They've been. They've interviewed all the teachers. Unfortunately, there are no cameras, so they can't tell what exactly happened, and they will never know what happened or if it happened there or who did it. So I was like, okay. So wow. And they said we would. We will have to close this investigation because we don't have enough evidence. I was like, okay. So
1: the police were were not able to help you after how how many days did they come back to you and say? <laughs> Um, one day, frozen. one day after one day, yep. they closed the investigation. They, yep. they interviewed the um, teacher at the school, mm-hmm. the caregiver.
9: Yep. In fact, what the police told me when I was in, um, when I was, um, in, you know, interview when they were interviewing me the first time and I was, uh, um, tell him about the incidency they said well the doctor that checked it uh he was not a forensic expert was he was he a pediatrician i said well he was qualified enough to uh attend to my do- uh, daughter when i went to urgent care because that's where i would imagine you would want us to go anyway because it's mash and all of them are, mm-hmm. are connected right um, so they,
1: they needed a forensic expert to <laughs> be able to examine your daughter
9: yeah, apparently, this doctor is not qualified enough to tell whether it was a bruise or not. Uh, and I'm an idiot too, because uh, i i I just think I just simply took my daughter to the to the hospital because I saw some marks.
12: right? I mean,
1: okay, we got a caller in the line caller. Good morning. Um, your comments or questions?
12: That's I, from from what I understood on that part about who is going to be held accountable for this type of incident, you don't know who it is. I think the whole entire school, is, <laughs> or they care need to be held accountable. You know, the reason why I'm saying this mm-hmm. is because of an experience. If you if you are in a responsible position that you need to know what's going on inside the school and you don't know what's going on. And if you're yeah. holding no one accountable and you're not even even holding accountable to the person that you believe could be the one because they're supposed to have a, a person or people assigned to this certain group of children. And then yeah. the next part about it if they're holding certain information away from the the the, the police or mass unit, that's a crime as well. Mm-hmm. So, if it, if it's an incident that can be proven that it's happening in the school, everybody in that school should be held accountable. If nobody wants to forfeit themselves.
9: Well, the yeah, I, I appreciate that uh, you saying that, caller. However. The, the police clearly said that we can't, you know, just because, it's, I guess, you what they came
12: carry them to, Carry them to the court, <laughs> carry the daycare to court, name the daycare out too as well. Because we don't care about who's reputation. We, we're ruining here in Cayman because apparently we're doing it for everybody. We're ruining Caymanians, Jamaicans, everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> you know, Spanish people get it too. I just say all Spanish people because there's so much countries I can't even name them all out. But, Yes. Okay. Just do it because this is the problem. Nobody wants to speak.
1: Yeah. Thank you, caller. Appreciate it. Um. So the police told you, um, in a day that they were closing the investigation,
4: mm-hmm.
1: there was really um, nothing more that they can do. the The doctor wasn't a forensic specialist or a pediatrician, <laughs> yeah. and um, they also told you something about they when they interviewed the caretaker. They said they believed her when she said nothing happened
9: um sorry say that again i was no just no they,
1: they gave you feedback and when they interviewed her um... yes they
9: yes they gave me a feedback uh and the same doctor the same police officer that said to me that this doctor was not an expert uh, a forensic expert or a pediatrician uh she uh she told me that she interviewed this this caregiver this the, the one that i specified of of behavior but not mm-hmm. accusing her of of harming my daughter clearly i just said although she has been rude to us i'm not saying that she did it but it's indicating right just so that mm-hmm. it will help with their with their investigation she said to me that uh her emotions were genuine enough and i don't think she did it i'm like okay so now you're a psychologist uh mm-hmm. you're not a police officer anymore but you can clearly turn around and say that the doctor is not a pediatrician
1: and he's, is not, not, a he's not qualified but the police are qualified <laughs> yeah <laughs> They're qualified beyond their their status. Yeah. All right, so let's let's read a few comments. And I yep. guess if you choose to respond to any of these, yep. um, you can. There's lots of comments coming in. Oh my gosh. Yep. Um. So Deanna says uh, they need to learn about gentle parenting, meaning the school. Yeah. And if they absolutely. can't accept that or think it's dumb, they need to go to therapy and get some healing done as gentle parent parenting is more about yourself than the child. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Moya says, the name of this establishment needs to be revealed. And quite a few people are asking this question, so I, I want you to address this. The need to train their staff, uh, they need to train their staff, they need to clearly, they clearly are not qualified on um, caring for young children, and they need to be put, uh, they need to put better procedures in place and how to monitor and care for children. So, um, caller, you've not named um, the school here today, and there's a lot of people who are saying that you should name the school. <laughs> um, what is your position on, on naming the school?
9: Um, because of how the police have responded to my, uh, to this investigations and to my concern, um, I, I'm not sure. I definitely want to bring awareness of, of what's happening. And I definitely um it's just okay, the main reason for me, it's not that I'm afraid to fight, right? I will fight for my child and I know mm-hmm. every parent would want to do that as well. Mm-hmm. But if I name the school today, or if I name all of these things, which I have no issues naming because I've named them everywhere else in my reports and in in mm-hmm. to assist with the investigation, will other schools that are listening to me right now, will mm-hmm. they take my kid? Will my child have issues? in the future to be accepted because the mother is, uh, naming and shaming schools because of these issues. I mean, these are genuine issues
12: mm-hmm. and
9: serious issues. Of course they have to be, um, you know, bring, uh, brought to light, but also I, you also have to understand. So basically parent,
1: you're, you're afraid of retaliation within the yeah. school system where, yeah. you know, uh, um, other administrators at schools might be listening to this, and yeah. they will then say, well, we don't want your child here because you're that parent. You're that parent who's concerned about their yeah. child. I saw, I saw people saying you're too overprotective and yeah. that sort of thing. So you don't want to be labeled as being that parent because then maybe your are a child. Um, yeah, would because be-
9: it's I don't know how many of you will stand with me in this fight. I don't mm-hmm. know that. You assure me that you're going to fight because clearly my system, our system has failed me. Has failed my family. Are you going to be with me? Are you going to fight with me till the end? Or mm-hmm. are you just going to back out and say, oh, now this is your problem? Oh, so sorry that this happened to you. I mean, I don't want sympathies. Uh, I mm-hmm. mean, thank you for them. I appreciate them. But will this affect my child's future? Because Cayman is very small. This is my home mm-hmm. now. And my child so, is going to So go Elizabeth,
1: up Elizabeth says, you need to name this school and stop being scared your child and other parents who may be going through the same thing and no one is bringing it to light. There's no excuse for abuse and especially for children. So I'll give you one example. Um, There was a young child, I think probably at least a year, year and a half ago, who at a local preschool, that child um, got his arm broken and um, was sent home, didn't, didn't, no indications about it, no nothing. No, The parents weren't told the child fell, nothing. It wasn't yeah. until the, the parents took the child to the emergency room yeah. that then they discovered that the child's arm was, was broken. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would want to know that as a parent. I can tell you that when my child, when we were looking for daycares to put her in, we toured a number of daycares at that time. There wasn't a huge waiting list, really. And yeah. we picked and choose. And, you know, I even at one point moved my daughter from one particular day school daycare to another daycare. And I'm gonna say this. I know we have a call on the line, Jared. We're gonna come to you here in a second. But as a parent, you have to know what your parenting style is. Yeah. Um, not every parent is the same, not every child is the same, and not every parenting style is the same. So obviously. Sam in the studio today is saying her parenting style is gentle. She doesn't want people yelling and screaming and hitting her her 18, 19 year old child with a belt or a belt buckle or ruler or any of those things. She doesn't want any of that. Um, You know, even when they're talking to her, she would appreciate them speaking to her child in a particular way. Clearly those are issues that have reared their head at this particular daycare. Let me say this, and and this is probably going to come across completely wrong and you guys might feel a way about it. And honestly, I don't particularly care if you feel a way about it. Caribbean people as a whole have a hoggish way of talking to children. I see it all the time. They raise their voice at children. They yell at children. They see children as less than, as subhuman. Children are beneath you. And I've talked about this on numerous occasions. This leads to a lot of issues with self-esteem issues with their children. This leads to issues where children are easily targeted for abuse because they've already had their little, you know um, self-esteem impacted they've already put down. well oh, you're to be seen and not heard. You don't speak until you're spoken to. There's so many things that as Caribbean people, we teach our children that are very detrimental to them even knowing how to protect themselves. And this is a real problem. Like all of us need to take gentle parenting classes and learn how to be better parents. Right. And this is, this is the Caribbean mentality. So if you put your child by and large in a school that is, you know, Jamaican helpers, Caymanian helpers, even Spanish people, they tend to have a very different way of handling children and handling babies. And, um, it's it's shocking and it's alarming, but it's the truth. So even when I, I'm going to tell you guys why I moved my child, and you're going to understand clearly what my position is. Um, of course, everybody says, you're not going to mess with Sandy's child because you know she's kind of crazy already. But what really happened is I went to a teacher-parent reporting conference for a toddler, right? And I heard certain things being said about my daughter, right? And the way that the assessment, and this is why I always tell parents, you have got to be your child's number one advocate. Nobody else is gonna do it for you. No teacher, no police officer, no MASH unit, nobody. You have got to be an active parent and someone who is there for your children. So when I heard them, um, the teacher, Talking about their assessment methodology and how she's come to the conclusions that she's come to, I was really concerned. and here's here's how I know this. This is a little bit of nugget into who I am and my own personality. When I was a child, an educator who was a principal of Georgetown Primary School, ended up eventually becoming a politician, told my mother, my parents, that I was a slow learner and I needed to be in lighthouse school. Now, listen to me. If my father, I I, I don't know really how my mother saw the position, but I know my father was like, hell to the no, y'all are crazy. If my father didn't challenge that position, this was way back in the 80s, y'all. So back then, you thought that these so-called educators knew everything, that they were the experts, right? If my father didn't challenge that and say, what? She needs to be in Lighthouse School. What are you trying to say? There's some level of retardation here. There's some level of learning disability. This is what they were told by a lifelong educator, a principal at a school. And like I said, this person eventually went on to get involved in politics, if you can imagine, right, saying this. And that would have stifled my growth. I mean, I don't even know where I would be now if anybody listened to this woman, and every time I see her and I recall this story that I've been told, I just have to shake my head, right? My father said, no way. I'm going to take her out of this environment completely, send her to the USA, send her to the States. And all of a sudden, this little girl who needed to go to Lighthouse School became an honor student, taking AP classes in um, high school. Those are, those are college level classes in high school, right? Went to um, college with college credits already. Um, excelled at all levels, four or five degrees later, you understand the serious implications of how you can impact someone's life and change the entire outcome of their life if you allow some of these so called educators and nannies to get a hold of your children. So I remember listening in this, you know, sitting down um, in this ter- parent teacher conference. It was me, my husband, and his aunt from overseas. She lives in the UK. She was visiting us. And they were like, oh, you know, maybe we need to do this with Gianna. And I said, "Uh -uh, uh -uh." I said, hold on a second. Hold hold on one minute. As someone who has a little bit of experience, knowing that not everything a teacher tells you is going to be spot on or correct or whatever about your child, Mm -hmm. I, I think we need to think on this significantly because they're using methodologies, right? To, to grade and to assess your children. And me as someone who takes the time to read and try to educate myself, knew that there was something wrong with the methods. There was something, oh, you know, she's too quiet and she's just sitting in the corner and she's not really paying attention to it. I said, okay, we're going to move her out of this environment. Classroom already too crowded, too big. We put her in a so-called, because you know Caymanians, y'all, this is what y'all would call it, old white school. Now she's going to a white school. She's only one of two colored children there, blah, blah, blah. That's okay because we can address that issue in a different way. All of a sudden, oh, she's the most mannered child in the school, in her class. She's coming along with her reading. Like the assessment that we were getting, it was almost like I wasn't even talking about the same child. So what I'm telling you, folks, parents, listen very, very carefully. The environment in which you have your children is very important Absolutely. your children you've got to work this parent said the difficulty is you know she's having to work it's you all know two two parent household both y'all need to have a job you don't have any money coming in from anywhere else so you have to trust your child with someone right whether it is a nanny at home whether you put the child in a daycare you have to be able to trust your child to some level and then when you hear stories like this oh my gosh It makes you wonder.
9: (laughs) Well, I'm certainly scarred and I don't think I can trust my daughter anytime soon with anyone else, especially when she's not talking properly and can't tell Mm -hmm. me what happened or who did something to her. She just what she did say she was hurt. She said, no touch hurt right and and that's enough to break my heart into a million pieces and no i i had to quit my job uh and stay at home with her so i can i can look after her but how many parents and how many mothers have the privilege to do that they don't and and this is the harsh reality we live in yeah and i'm just yep sad Jared, good morning
14: hello jared yeah morning how are you good can you hear me yes sir yeah, so I heard um the, the the lady that you were talking about, it, it clearly seemed to me a case of abuse by the school. I, I did understand when she said, you know, I don't wanna name and shame the school because you know, let's be honest, this is K mm-hmm.
6: and everybody
14: hears. But the thing is like I, I I understand the lady's um stance. And my thing was that oh, if you don't name the school, who whose other child is being mm-hmm. abused? Now um not forcing mm-hmm. don't don't i i clearly understand if it were my child it, it wouldn't roll like that um to, to stand this point you know as the as the parent you have to be the subject matter expert you live with the child you know the mm-hmm. child you know when mm-hmm. the child now mm-hmm. being being the person that they are
8: mm-hmm. and i
14: think like Santa said, you have to advocate viciously because i'll be honest when i was in high school all my teachers says oh you know jared um is is well-mannered but talks a lot okay yeah but i graduated high school honors and whatever and degrees and whatever Uh later Yeah. and you know children operate differently and to Sandy's this point the one environment that you put one child in if you put them in another environment with that positive reinforcement with someone who who knows how to engage a child the response Uh will be completely different but the question that i had was did a clinical psychologist at the MASH unit look at the case? Because it's not just supposed to be only the police that that making the decision as to as to what happens, or you know, did, did did the child get seen by a child psychologist? Because Jared. I do believe there's some some level of trauma that the mm. child has endured, but isn't able to communicate it effectively, mm. and so. It, it, it is leading to, towards, it, it is not a close case. I would be very, very cautious just with that whole institution mm. as a whole.
9: Yeah. Well, thank you, Jared, for your comments and your call because... Uh you make valid points there. And those are my concerns as well. And to answer your question, no, no one looked at my daughter, even when you we went to the investigation, the police themselves didn't check my daughter's back. But they made uh, comments like the doctor was not um, qualified enough to tell whether it was a bruise from an object. When he was the first person um qualified enough to tell that it was a bruise or not so no they didn't they just i don't even know how they what was carried out what they asked they just told me that they they went and questioned the school they met with the school and the teachers and this is what um yeah that that's all what i just said and and is there um
1: i mean you know of course i've got parents saying to me that they would love to know what school this is because maybe there is a history of complaints at that school and when you mention Mm -hmm. the school a lot of people are going to go aha so that maybe you shouldn't be fearful of naming the school
9: uh yeah i mean obviously i when i was before this interview i was keeping it to myself but i understand uh you know parents concerns as well and and also the concern that i had or and i still have is like is this the first time i saw the bruise was she being beaten to sleep because she doesn't sleep uh right away um all the time. And and is this is the first time I saw the bruise. So mm. yeah, I do, I do have those concerns and I completely understand. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's tiny Tots.
1: Hello. Oh. So the, the, the school, you just named the school, you're saying the school is tiny Tots. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, what, yes. ja- sorry, Jared.
14: Yeah. You, you can hear me. Yes, sir well uh, i I, i'm familiar with that institution but i i would suggest that the minister investigate that school and the ministry of health and the relevant authorities um just just to really check it out because no investigation can be done in one day Mm -hmm. and people just like that it is it is not it, it 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 questions the um what is it the the authority, more uh-huh. or
6: less, uh-huh. the
14: quality in which the education was carried out. Uh-huh. Um, but I know many people listening in the ministry who who will look at this more. Uh-huh. And and so, um, yeah, but I'm, yeah, I'm very disappointed that you, you as a mother went through this because no no parent should have to worry about a child's safety and, and especially we're in these times where all right
1: we got we got a l- few more callers jared so leave me there with those comments right. oh my all goodness right. all right caller welcome to the program good morning hi caller oh oh i think i have you in hold sorry hi morning caller welcome to the program
4: good morning sandra morning good morning to your um your guests. and good morning uh, i don't know if it's one or two there now um I was wondering if the, the your, your initial, mm-hmm. initial guest, the parent, I was just wondering if, you know, maybe she had spoken to some other parents and gotten any feedback from them, you know, as to what mm-hmm. was happening with their children or if they had concerns and so on. Because if she's by reports um mm-hmm. and, you know, singular and she's not getting much attention or Justification, whatever it is that she wants, you know. If there are other parents experiencing stuff, if they did it jointly, maybe then they would be forced to take, um, you know, or at least to make an effort to do some kind of investigation. Mm-hmm. You know, it might it just might just be a problem at that particular school or one person mm-hmm. that is a problem. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, and I just want to say one more thing.
7: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
4: Um, the last time that I made a comment on your show, Mm -hmm. I don't even remember what it was regarding at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm going to call the name of the person, Mm -hmm. um, this boy named Wayne Sicard. I don't know if that's how he pronounces it. Mm -hmm. I would ask you, please, as the host of the show to ask him, please stop attacking me and being disrespectful to me on your show. Mm. I do not pay attention to his nonsensical comments. Mm -hmm. They're far below me, and I give them what they deserve, no attention. I don't know why he feels it's necessary to attack me every time I make a comment. And even if he wants to disagree with me, that's fine. Disagree with me respectfully. But to be disrespectful to me For whatever reason, I don't know. I have actually looked through and I noticed I'm the only person he's doing it to. So Mm -hmm. I'm asking you kindly as the host (laughs) of the show, I've given you his name. You know, he don't have to like my comments. He does not have to agree with anything that I've said. But whatever his feelings are about it, keep it to himself. There's no need for him to attack me. Yes. I like it show, I, mean, I enjoy uh, yeah, your show, but I, I'm not going to tolerate that. Okay? Yes.
1: Yeah. I think everyone, um, here's the thing. When I see the comments, I see them in a singular line. I don't see the people responding to each other. So I don't necessarily know if Ween is um, responding to any particular individual. But what I would suggest people do is if you have a comment to make, just make your comment in general terms and don't necessarily address anyone specifically. And that could probably eliminate a lot of the issues. Listen, we have over 405 comments on this morning show just on Facebook alone. That's not even the YouTube comments. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, at the end of the day, I may not be seeing them all. And sometimes I just gloss over them. I'm not digesting it. So y'all try to behave is the best advice I could give you. Thanks for bringing that to my attention.
4: Thank you, Sandra. All right,
1: my dear. Um, yes, because we we don't really have time to be addressing that, folks. Just behave yourselves, okay? It can't be so difficult. <laughs> All right, 936-BOBO is a telephone number. Please remember, if you're calling on WhatsApp, it gets a little bit tricky because we can't take a WhatsApp call and a straight line call at the same time. So I think someone this morning may have been calling um, on the WhatsApp. So that's why your call isn't coming through at that particular time. Morning caller,
12: comment or question? Yeah, Ms. Sandra, you know that um just to bring a little comfort to the to Miss Samantha about the um issue that she's dealing with. When I was um when I was going to Tiny Talks preschool, I went um I wasn't really aware, you know, because of the age that you're at, everything that you see, you feel like it's okay as long as the adults don't say anything about it. Mm-hmm. So like um I've been involved in a lot of different things. When I was in that preschool, I had a lot of friends, mm-hmm. you know, and then there's sometimes I don't like to obey the rules. I don't go to sleep when I have to go. Well, when they tell you go to sleep, like nap time and all those type of things. And I think it's a chain link to um in the schooling system when it comes into where you go when you graduate from that one individual school. Mm-hmm. Because when I get to um Red Bay primary school as well, I All the, um, all different types of children other than just preschool. Mm -hmm. No, they are coming from other to the primary school, and the same thing I was talking about with the high school. When you go into the transition to high school from primary school, you end up um, being involved in other children. And the thing is, what I experienced when I was in um Red Bay Primary School was that the teachers didn't have any sense of um patience with students. And I was abused as well when I was in school, like maybe I might not have been the the, the fastest sticker in school, but I listen and I don't maybe take notes as fast as I should, because maybe I might be good with certain academics. Mm-hmm. But right now, my highest skill, I learned that in high school after I took the abuse mm-hmm. because teachers would pay attention. I got hit in my back
7: Mm-mm.
12: with rulers several times. I didn't say anything because the teachers were intimidating. And I'm not saying that I didn't confront one time, but Mm -hmm. when I had taken all that abuse, my mom didn't believe me. Mm -hmm. Reason being because she didn't want to say that that was them. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. it was so hard when I was in year three because it started when I was in year one. Mm -hmm. And I've been been abused in other different ways. Like, okay, it might sound soft, but you being a seven-year-old going to school and trying to hold ice-cold peas in that coming from a freezer out with your hands straight out and and locked inside of a storeroom mm-hmm. and you're telling the child, do not say anything because you're not paying attention in class. You tell me if that's a good discipline. Mm-hmm. Is that a mm-hmm. right way to um, discipline the child? Right, wow. that tormented me. When mm-hmm. I started to go to school and I started to get these physical abuses now with slapping the back of the ruler in year three. Now, mm-hmm. my mom took it in action and said, you know what? I guess I guess I didn't know how it conflict um how the conflict resolved, right mm-hmm. in, in that moment because I'm a little kid. But I was moved to West Bay Primary School for a good reason, and I took a I took discipline in primary school too and in West Bay Primary. I mean, mm-hmm. don't say that getting slapped with a belt on your hand is a bad discipline because you're destroying the property or something like this. But you also need to know that there's also coming in with a uh, reason and an explanation for everything that is being done and if your child is not is just getting abused just for say that is a problem mm-hmm. if the child cannot come back to the parent and tell them hey this mm-hmm. teacher just did this yes for what?" And, and this is you know, why
1: it's, it's very important for you to um have lines of open communication with your children but of course when they're that age toddlers they can't quite talk mm-hmm. and express but there are other things as sam has said this morning there are other things that you need to be looking for. So any visible physical signs, any you know changes in, in behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you, caller, for those comments. I want to read a few more comments that um, are coming in. So some people are saying about the diaper rash. They weren't quite sure if that could happen within such a short space of time. That normally diaper rash takes a longer period of time to develop. Um, Della says, I went through this with a helper. So sorry that this happened to your child. And you also, I think, need to be very clear. I mean, you think it would be painstakingly clear to people that they're not supposed to be beating children with, especially toddlers, with rulers and belt buckles and these forms of archaic um, disciplining. And I'm putting that in some big quotations because it's abuse is what it is. But, you know, as parents, I think you also need to communicate extremely well to your caregivers, whether it's a daycare or, you know, if you have a nanny at home or helper at home or whatever you want to call them, you have to be very, very clear about what you don't want to happen with your children. And even sometimes the way in which helpers and others communicate with your children, if you see something, you need to say something about, listen, I don't like that tone of voice. I don't like how you said that to her. This is the type of parent that I am. And I'd like you to try to emulate that in terms of even how you speak to my child, I'm not beating my child, and I don't want you to beat my child either. So yeah. here's what one person had to say about this. Um, they say that um, you know the benefit of a personal helper is that they can focus on a single child and um, document all the things that you want. As a parent who sent both schools, both kids to preschool, I understand the limitation of teachers and childcare providers as they do have other children under their care. And just a general statement. But we also need to understand that most or the majority of these caregivers are not trained specifically to deal with small children. Most are unskilled other than taking care of their own children. Mm -hmm. And I sent my boys to just for kids preschool, excellent care, never had a negative experience. So, um, you know, there is a question mark about what sort of training, um, you know, some of these caregivers get. Ms. Brenda is saying, you know, you need to take your child out of that school. I think that has now been done. Um,
9: that was immediately done after the biting incident was reported. And we saw the behavior of this teacher because that was unacceptable. Um, I wasn't having my child under her care because that's not the type of, um, upbringing I want for my child or behave that way. And and then, um, have that same behavior with other kids. All right.
1: Deanna says unacceptable. The doctor said it himself abuse or reporting it to mash the mother's not the problem or issue for taking care, taking such care and concern for a child. So all of you blaming her, disgust me. Uh, Diana also says, I'm Christian, but God knows if this happened to me, my faith would be tested. Um, and Dean is asking why in this day and age, preschools do not have cameras. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's also a good question. Yep. And um, when I was speaking earlier about the way in which people are speaking to children, um, oftentimes being problematic um I think that someone had a comment on that I think that might have been Diana again but Estrella says I can't trust no daycare my girl three years old is still not in one because I fear this my family is crazy so if I was in this situation (laughs) um my dad would bring this the school down yeah I wish I had Um, your dad (laughs) Estrella yeah Alejandro says I agree with Sandy and it goes on for decades from the same and the biggest lie the elders teach us is we have to respect all of our elders and that's that. Uh, Diana says, I agree, Sandra. We got a lot of healing to do. And this is why I said we need therapy because all of this causes mental illness too. (laughs) Diana says, um, also, you've indicated why would you check her back as a parent with numerous incidents leading up to the major incident as described by myself, I would check my child daily If the Mm -hmm. child continues to attend the facility without fail, I pray all goes well with your little one going forward. I can relate to the situation as 17 years ago, one of my daughters was choked to death. Thankfully she was revived back. Oh my God. By a seasoned (laughs) experience um, came out in EMT by a teacher. MASH got involved. What? A child was choked by a teacher. What (laughs) age Tiana was your child? That's horrible at any age, but I'm just like, what the yeah. hell? No, you see th- those those fighting words, y'all. That 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 situation, some teacher would have gotten boxed down without a doubt. You know, <laughs> I, I don't listen. I, I'm like this. I don't believe everything a child tells you because children, yes, they learn how to manipulate and lie, especially as they get older and whatever. So you got to listen to your child. You got to tell them when when they're wrong. But you but what? An adult choking a child? And they had to be reviving it. No, somebody would be trying to revive that teacher. That's what I'm telling <laughs> y'all here today. She would have gotten one box of the center from Georgetown all the way to Friggin' East End and back. Um, so Brandon was in favor of naming the school. He said by not naming the school, she'd rather the school damage another child. Stop this BS and name the school. She has now um, named the school. Uh, Dean says this lady's talking about victimization. So that is her fear. Uh, that she would be victimized or a child would be victimized if she speaks out. Diana says, I will stand with you, um, Sam. Um, Thank you. Lord uh-huh. have mercy. It's just so crazy.
4: Yeah.
1: It is so crazy. ween was saying, make a fake account, fake profile and post it under CMR. Let the community do the rest. <laughs> I think, I think really the thing here folks is, um, in situations like this, you know, Sam is only telling her side of the story, obviously. Right. She's ex- telling what, has, what she has experienced, what her experiences were, and what, what happened to the police. There is some email correspondence where the school has taken some degree of accountability for some of what has transpired. Um, and so, you know, I think people have a right and an obligation, as many of you have rightfully pointed out, to really be able to stand up and say, no, I'm going to name this school. You know, this is my experience. It doesn't necessarily mean that every um, parent is going to have that experience with tiny Mm -hmm. Um, tots. But, you know, any school that you're in, you need to be aware. But here's one parent who's sharing a very, very specific experience. So, yeah, no cameras in these schools. Hmm.
9: Yeah, and that would have sorted out a lot of issues because if there were cameras, then there was no need for this back and forth right the police would have just gone to the camera i would have been satisfied maybe with mm-hmm. an answer that okay it's maybe a child or maybe it's not a child maybe it's a teacher maybe it's not a teacher maybe she fell down maybe she did this to herself i would have had some kind of answer but right now i have no idea what has happened to my child mm-hmm. and where it has happened and even if if they're saying like well th- we can't tell that it happened at this daycare then i if the camera would have told me that that it didn't happen at that daycare it some happened somewhere else so i could look Into where else it happened. I Mm -hmm. could address this, but clearly now I'm just left with, uh, you know,
1: a closed case.
9: Yeah, a closed case. And this is just to make everyone aware that, you know, ask questions, ask questions, (laughs) as many questions as you can. All your questions are legit. They're not stupid. You're not stupid. You're not an idiot for asking anything. You're just a responsible, caring parent that needs to know. (laughs) where your child is going or what she's eating or how much water she's drinking it doesn't matter if if your parenting styles are different and you don't want these daycare the first caller that called and said oh if you want this you should have a nanny well thank you for your suggestion your opinion that's that's i know there's a different reason i have my child there for and she was given everything thank you very mm-hmm. much and also if there are no cameras in the school then that itself is um, a red flag right there, a oh, huge one, maybe a 10-meter long a red flag because then you're not even helping yourself, your child, or the police if something happens because mm-hmm. this was my experience and this is what I took away from. If there's no way that you can find out or the police can find out or anyone uh, or the, the institution itself, right, to see... I'm not saying that the institution or... Like, it, it, like someone mm-hmm. said in the comment section as well, that it could be... One person in that institution and that whole institution is great because it has worked great for other people. This is my experience, and I'm sharing. I don't know how many others are there, and they're just ignoring because they think, oh, you know, just like the first first few incidents, I just uh, said, okay, these things happen. But Mm -hmm. how much of it happens, and how much of it is okay? to happen these are Mm -hmm. these are toddlers we're talking about that cannot speak for themselves they don't have a voice so like you said we need to look out for them we need to know we need to be keeping a check on their body on everything oh this was not there before this was here before oh that's Mm -hmm. you should as a mother or as a parent you should be able to tell every scar on your daughter's body Mm -hmm. how it happened you know and if you can't then there's a problem
1: yeah, And um, I see some folks here. Um, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just in such shock, but some people talk about they've actually witnessed things like choking of people in schools and stuff like that. Just absolutely um, egregious, to be honest.
11: Um,
1: oh my God. This person, I saw the comment that came in, this person said, it's funny that you said that, but also Caribbean people like to be hoggish with their children, uh, but." make someone else other than the parent do it to their child. And you want to see how fast that parent will blow up on the other person. Um, I think that we need some adjustments in the parenting style. Um, Soka says, this reminds me, remind me where Tiny Talks is. Is it the one by Whitaker's Apartments on Walker's Road? Della says that should be a requirement when a preschool is going to be opened. Who inspects preschools? I wonder if they have five fire extinguishers and if they are up to date. Um, they do get inspected by the same school inspectorates that, that all all schools get inspected by. Um, yeah. So they, they go through that same process. Um, one of the questions or something I was going to ask you. Um, oh yeah. You had mentioned, I don't think you mentioned this on camera. Toby says no cameras equals a red flag, but there was also something about they were, they were overcrowded and they were being forced to remove kids.
9: Yeah. So after this incident happened, um, I called back. I called the the older daycare, uh, you know, where my daughter was previously in, and asked if they had a spot for her because at that time I was I was going to lose my job because um, I had no place for my daughter. Right? Um, I asked them. I mean, I would take I would take her being sick rather than being bruised. So uh-huh. they asked me, uh, "Oh, were you being laid off?" And I said, "What do you mean?" And she said, well, that school was uh, apparently is laying children off. And I heard this more than two times from other parents as well, that um, they were being laid off because they were at full capacity after an inspection. And I was Uh like, oh, wow. okay, so there are more issues there then. And also another thing I failed uh, to mention was that uh, about the daily reports, right? I, I would request them from day two that, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't seen, I haven't seen one, but they never fail to send emails of this uh, like monthly thing or or a weekly activity or something else, or raffle tickets or something else But this to build this or to build that. I mean, you have the time to send that, but you don't have the time to send me daily reports about what my child is doing in school or what she ate. Mm-hmm. That was, was something that uh, I also, it is concerning to me. Mm-hmm. Like, where where do your priorities lie, mm-hmm. you know, as an institution? All right.
1: Let me show you guys um, a video now. This is really just um, one of those things, folks. You have got to be very, very vigilant as parents. Hyper vigilance, unfortunately, in this day and age is required. Children are subjected to so much abuse. And I feel that some parents willfully turn a blind eye. Um, like I said, you've got to be an advocate for your children. Charles says playing a vital role in your child's life. And with these caregivers, knowing that, they know you won't be someone to mess with, just saying wolves prey on the weak. Uh, Brandon says, I trust no daycare. My wife is a stay-at-home mom for the same reason. I will pay all the bills. Um, You know, Brandon, some people can do that. It's an option. You make sacrifices. And then unfortunately for other people, that might not be um, feasible for them. Uh, Evelyn says, thank God, (laughs) me done breed, because I'd be retiring in prison.
9: I thought my feelings are with you. I feel and I would do the same.
1: Jess says, um, dear Ah. Jesus, uh, you would have to hold my hand. Mm -hmm. Um, Alejandro says, Sandy, retardation is not politically correct. Remember you told me that. I'm happy you are awakening every day. Um, Yes, back in those days, that's what they would definitely have called you. But um, you're absolutely correct. So Carrie says, thank God this didn't happen to me. I would definitely get arrested. I have no sense when it comes to my children. <laughs> uh, Blackberry says, I, have, I don't expect anything different from the police. They seem to have no clue when it comes to investigating reports and pulling um, on the available resources.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, my gosh. It's just so crazy.
11: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Lulu is saying, take the child back to the former daycare Sounds like what you experienced is worse and the little colds that she was getting at the former place might've been the least of your worries, but that's no longer an option. Yeah. All right, watch this video, folks. Again, hypervigilance, the things that people do to the youngest of children. Um, If you're a hypersensitive person, you may not be able to watch this. But the point that I want to bring home, folks, is that um, trust no one. I mean, no one. Just look at this and you'll see exactly what I mean.
7: Anything just worries me when he's, I feel like he's breathing a little weird. As the mom of a newborn baby, Consuela Saravia worries like most mothers about her little one. But it was baby Nico's time in the NICU at Good Samaritan Hospital in West Islip that has shaken Consuelo. It was heartbreaking, too. Like, I couldn't stop crying. I couldn't even sleep. Nico's dad was recording him crying through the window of the nursery when he captured this, a nurse roughly picking up Nico, slamming him face first back into the bassinet.
14: I don't know, it just broke me. I I didn't know what to do.
7: He showed Consuelo the video and she confronted the nurse. I told her, I'm like,
13: I don't want you to touch my child. Like, you just slammed him and then, She was like, oh, no, no, if you think I mishandled him with anything, I'm sorry.
7: Consuelo showed the video to other nurses and administrators, though it pained her to watch the video again and again. In a statement, a hospital spokesperson said immediate action (sighs) was taken, including an investigation and terminating the individual involved. Keeping our patients safe remains our paramount concern. She shouldn't be taking care of yeah, nobody. Yeah. Absolutely nobody. The first oh my God. time parents say baby Nico is doing well at home. Fidel is thankful he mm. decided to check on his son when he did.
14: And I'm happy I was there. God sent me. That's what I told the guy. If it wasn't for God to send me to to go over there and check on him, we would have never seen none of that happen. And I would have kept having it through the night, not only to him, but to the other babies too.
1: Oh my God. Can you imagine, I mean, the horrors of someone and Nick you, Nick you is is like where you put the preemies and the babies at risk. Not even, not even I mean, no baby, but this is like the special unit for these babies who need a little bit of extra care. And she just picked up that baby and slammed that baby down in the bassinet. I'm with you, Brandon. I would definitely yeah. be on death row. Yeah, I, me too. I, I would <laughs> have I would have tumbled. Listen, she would yeah. be, she would have been through the floor. Mm-hmm. Honest to God. My daughter spent an entire month in NICU, and I'm so grateful for the amazing staff at HSA. I mean, they provided nothing but the best care. But again, you know, this is why you need to be aware of the procedures that these hospitals and these facilities have in place at the NICU unit, which obviously is very small here in Cayman. I guess the NICU in this place is probably a lot bigger. Two nurses are on duty, at least two nurses on duty at all times in the room. And they, you know, oh my God, I, I I, couldn't even imagine. But this proves the point, folks, that you cannot trust people, a frigging nurse, you know, of all people, you have a, you've taken an oath, you've gotten into this profession. Hopefully, because you care about children, you care about babies, you care about making sick people better. And look at how she just manhandled that baby! Oh my god.
7: Mm, mm,
9: mm. Yeah, yeah, I'd be in prison for
7: sure. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> it's um, it's it's unbelievable. It's it's unbelievable. And I, I and I'm surprised this man really kept his cool. Alejandra said, "I would have fling my phone down." And after the recording, that door would have been broken down. (laughs) He he kept his cool and went and showed it to his wife. Um, That that would have been better than I would have done. Because, I mean, thank God he recorded it, though, because he has evidence. It's not her word. Because obviously he then started um, to deny, the the nurse, sorry, started to deny that that's what happened, right? So it would have been her word against his. Again, if there was wasn't that one moment. Where he's peeking through the little hole and would have recorded that, she would still be working there for God knows mm-hmm. how long, slapping babies down, pushing them down in their bass net, flipping them over so rough like that. I mean, it's just so shocking and so unbelievable. Yeah. Um, Sam, we appreciate you, Thank um, you coming on the program. Um, I hope that, you know, that school can certainly get it together. I mean, it can be something specific to one or two individuals. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I don't know what's going on there, but I really hope um, that they get it sorted out because it's certainly not a good look to be having the incidents that you've described and then to have your child come home with a mark on her back that you can't even identify. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, the source of is really, really a problem.
9: Yep, absolutely. And that's the reason I even like right from the start, we took it, we took that approach, because most of my friends when I told them, uh, you know, this is what's happening, this is what I'm dealing with. The the first thing that they said is, and you're still at home, out like I'd be in my car, driving Mm -hmm. up to that school and beating the shit out of that teacher. I mean, yeah, that's all that sounds all great. But then what happens? I don't want to be in jail. Mm-hmm. Like, this is why we have issues in our community, because people take take these things upon themselves to deal with them because mm-hmm. the police is no better in terms of giving you or just investigating in mm-hmm. uh, in a day and then basically saying the there's not an expert, but they're an expert. And just all of those things just doesn't make sense to me. But mm-hmm. anyway, I just wanted to bring this to your attention and uh-huh. like make parents aware that this is what happened. We did the right thing from the start, but here we are. There's no the uh, there's no there the. Apparently there's not enough evidence. There's no cameras. If there are no cameras in any daycares that you want to send your kids to, don't send them there because you will mm-hmm. never know, like the police said, what happened and how it happened. And that's where you, you are the one that's going to suffer. So mm-hmm. yeah, here we are. And,
1: All uh, right. Yeah, so Cause just- says that um, I took my son there when he was maybe seven or eight months old. He adored a lady named Lynn. She moved back to London after a few months. On the third or fourth day after she was gone, I stood in the doorway of the nursery school. And when a worker said, good morning, Travis, he screamed something he's never done. He was mm-hmm. never a crybaby, never fussy. When Travis told me, what Travis told me right then, um, right then was that something was wrong. And his relationship with this woman, it was his way of communicating at that moment. Yep. um, Alexand- um Alejandro, sorry, says that's very disturbing um, I'd find a way to get that person to hell if I had to help them. Um, meaning the nurse, Tiana says, as a parent, you did the right thing by listening to and observing your child. And um, uh, Perla says, remember, everyone has a skill and it's, and that's a scammer. Anyone can lie regarding their profession. That nurse did. Alejandra says, I'm just happy that Sam came in today because we, All have a good day and remember to stop and talk with your Mm -hmm. children. Miss Olive weighing in, she says, good morning. I must say big respect to this mother. She's a real mom. God forbid if it was my child. I remember when my first son was in high school and he was supposed to wear blue socks. I have three boys and I was uh, so poor. I only, I have to buy them stuff for them in wholesale. The next two boys wear black socks. I didn't have money to buy separate colors so I allow my bigger son to wear the black socks and a teacher who always tells my son he won't come out to nothing, took his socks off of him, uh, went to school and met. And unfortunately, you're coming, got cut off. Let me see if I can read it on the other screen over here. Estrella says this is so true, Miss Sam. The police is not doing enough effort that we uh, take things upon ourselves what a hot mess. Um, Really unbelievable. So I guess Miss Perla, uh, hold on a second. I guess Miss Perla is saying that um, this person took the socks off of her son. That sounds a bit
13: excessive. Good um, morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Sandra. Listening to the show, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Samantha, maybe what Samantha can do since she's gone to the MASH unit, Mm -hmm. obviously we know, as Kim that um government can only do so much education department can only do so much and the, yes. what they can do they really they're not going to go out of their way because it's not affecting them in their circle in their environment at mm-hmm. their house right mm-hmm. so maybe what samantha can do if she has the time mm-hmm. or or do, you know send a, try to contact parents within you know her kids' classroom, or even lower or higher, and see what their experience is. Mm-hmm. Because what I'm hearing here, obviously, people are giving feedback now that they know it's time to touch, right? Mm-hmm. I've had, I've heard I've never sent my child. I've no I've known no one in my family to send their child. But I've known friends that sent there's there. The child came back either sick or something was wrong. But obviously, this is not just going on from today, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Again. There's no cameras. There's no evidence. You cannot invade someone's privacy either. Mm -hmm. The school my child go to, they just put up cameras, not in the classrooms, Mm -hmm. but outside around the playground and stuff. It's a private school. They Mm -hmm. will fall down and stuff like that. We know that, right? Mm -hmm. But my thing is, she should try to see if other parents are having the experience. Obviously, MASH don't want to do anything, or they're not interested mm-hmm. in doing anything, or they can't do anything. The education department can't do anything. And maybe mm-hmm. they should get rid of the director and everyone in there mm-hmm. and put Mr. Roy in and those ones back. Maybe something would get done. I don't care who likes it or who don't like it, because mm-hmm. they can't move me from here, right? And um, see where it goes from there. Because what the next step would be, obviously, fake education, comes and holds sorts of paper. Now we know what happened at the um, community college of Cayman Islands. Now they call it the um, University College of the Cayman Islands. Mm -hmm. The director whatever came in, he had a fake paper. God only knows what education and what degree he had, Mm -hmm. right? We had one come in that was a car seller. He only knew about selling cars, but then he wanted to be a teacher. So obviously Mm -hmm. the Caymanian that have the certificate, that has Mm -hmm, the degree, mm -hmm. that tried to study they're too educated for the job or they're too advanced for the job or they're undereducated for the job. They can't take it, but they can take the overseas paper. Right. Mm-hmm. I am not against expats because like how I said, I've been on the show many times calling them. My husband's an expat too. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, these certificate, how they know they're legit. How do they know they're real? How do they know these people are, are certified in being specialized in, in, in child or a child, child and home affairs, or whatever they want to call it now right mm-hmm. and if you can't provide that then um i think you need to send them to some sort of training but the next step step is if she get all the feedback from the parents and um said five or ten five or ten parents had something negative to say maybe the school system needs to be reviewed enough if, if 10 parents out of 10 parents have something bad, maybe need to be shut down i know it's taking money out of someone's mouth but then you can't put your child in danger either right? i have a lot to say about the food and the water and stuff okay now i'm coming back and i'm saying okay the school has failed in this way so this is my points on the school also trying to get their act together or close them down for a month until they get the stuff corrected the right way Mm -hmm. but then again we do not have no one in education that goes out as an officer into supervisions when i was growing Mm -hmm. up you had officers that would come on location you had officers in the department of tourism that would go to the hotel once a week and Mm -hmm. if they found a roach or a rat or something or a pot that wasn't clean good they would tell you they would give you the notice so why all of a sudden the whole system has changed Mm -hmm. maybe we need to sit down and think it's the people we're electing in there and the government officials that are working behind the desk that just want to sit flat their ass and then ac and don't come out and do no work Mm-hmm. So maybe we need to consider getting them out of there to put people in there that want to work for the hard money mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. go and do an inspection. Because I can tell you, when I was in the Department of Tourism, with Ms. Eden, Ms. McKenzie, Ms. Jackson, and I forget the Indian man, even Shamara Scott went there. He can tell you, Cassandra, she's now married. We used to go out, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. they used. To, we were not part of the team, the inspection officer. That they would send you out for you to learn mm. okay mm-hmm. for you to learn if you wanted to move in the department or different departments and i saw myself personally miss johnny jackson i saw miss um she's from west bay um miss mckenzie
12: mm-hmm.
13: wiping her fingers on the pots so what has happened now mm-hmm. what has happened maybe the department going right now because of the people we have in there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so maybe they need to come out it's not that I want to take food out of my own people's mouth, but obviously they're not doing the right stuff. Every day we come, we hear somebody complain or send a picture, there's a hair in my food, there's this in my food, there's plastic in my food. Why? Because the officers are not out there. But we're quick to blame the restaurant owner and the staff that work there. And mm-hmm. maybe if we had the inspection officers out there doing their job, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of the stuff won't happen. Yeah. So this is my suggestion to Samantha, maybe reach out, I mean, if you have the time, you know, it's your child, so she she will be able to probably find the time to reach out to other parents, mm-hmm. ask them what are their experience. If there's five that complain out of ten, then a review need to be done. If there's ten out of ten, shut the school down for a week, for a month until they get things in order. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, sitting down and just complain and say, "Mash is not doing anything," the police is not going. Well. We know the police not doing that because that's the Jamaica National Force. I call it that all the time. <laughs> so we need to change the camera. Let's leave off of that. And, mm-hmm. you know, see what can be done there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's what I think, you know, All right. As a parent, um, I feel it for her. Thank you. So uh, much, thank you Colin. so
9: Appreciate much. Uh, the caller and, and to address some of the things that you said, I would before I know Sandy is <laughs> short on time. Uh, but uh, this is the reason that I agreed to do this interview with Sandy because uh, it was just two months from January to February, right? In mm-hmm. mid-February, because that's when I took my child out. So I didn't get the opportunity to meet a lot of parents. Although I met mm-hmm. one parent when I was leaving one day and we were we happened to talk about uh, food and stuff. And, and that's when we discussed about the daily reports and said, yeah, I'm not getting it either. So that was just one parent. I didn't get her name. She was in a hurry mm-hmm. and we just left. But mm-hmm. um, this is the reason I'm here today that to bring awareness and if parents... Could could maybe get in touch with sandy send emails uh, if you don't want to be you know be seen or don't want to talk about it because maybe due to lack of options yeah, but that when you have that uh, they can send emails to, to sandy not, no, it, it at, at them
13: when it comes about your child or my child i don't care if they want, my name would be there first on the list because that's my child i bred that nine months i carry that so it, this question about anonymously has to stop now i think we hide behind these fake accounts the phone and all that too much like how i say i mean personally, my child i've never thank god had any expat experience with her in any school she goes to she goes to grace now and i can tell you this they're one of the best schools one of the best they have the fax app the epic app and um some another app and you can review everything about your child on those apps everything that's exactly
9: what i expected uh when my child when i sent my child there right in the first place and that's that's the type of quality that i expected and i didn't get it uh i mean it's great that you have your opinion and point of view uh but not many parents unfortunately share that and because it has consequences believe it or not and um yeah, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's it's you that suffers. But I'm here ready to fight. Um, if anyone can reach out to Sandy, send her an email on on tips at Um, And, you know, share your experiences and maybe help me here because I have made that move. I have step forward mm-hmm. to bring this to people's attention so that they can also look out for their children so if there's any help that you can give me in this way i mean i i'm ready to take on the fight because this is my child yes and i will fight yeah my and then part.
13: hiding the, the te- another thing is hiding the teacher or the teacher assistant name or not want to call it that's foolishness because i can tell you this i think her last name is Laba. that's the i think she was the office manager or something like that that's who my acquaintance or my friend was having an issue with i think was off of manager, and i told her please straight i don't care she named leo lobo whatever i don't care name her name because i mean you can have 10 teachers in a school maybe nine teachers are perfect for your kids and that's in the one that is given the issue then should pay the consequences but not all nine teachers should mm-hmm. pay or all ten teachers should pay for one that kind of way yeah. So, the best thing to do is name them, put them out there. I'm not telling you, name and shame. You can do it like how we did it just now, use an anonymous name or send Sandra picture. I mean, parents can do that too. And say, this not. Maybe a report can be generated, an investigation. Once MASH in the education department see that parents are serious, an investigation can be opened on a whole. Things mm-hmm. have to be different. The only way you can get it changed or get a difference is if you act upon it. If mm-hmm. we sit down and talk on it, nothing will happen. Believe me. And there's too much people hiding behind the fake account, the closed curtain and the closed door. They want to be this perfect little picture, this perfect little world, and there's nothing set. So.
1: All right, my dear. Thank you so much. Appreciate All right. it. All right. So folks, we are going to go ahead and wrap up the show um, this morning. So Sam, again, thank you um, for coming on the program and uh, really just sharing with us what your experience have been Um, with, uh, the situation, you know, it's very, very unfortunate. And I certainly hope that, um, all parents will continue to be hypervigilant as it comes to their children. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate that the mass units say that they didn't have enough evidence to proceed with this in any meaningful way.
9: Yep. Thank you very much, Sandy, for having me. I really appreciate, um, you having me here and, and, Mm -hmm giving a voice to my voice <laughs> thank you very much and have a great day all of you, you all righty
1: all right folks so here's uh key man's buzz um CMR buzz with Kevin Wattler mm-hmm.
11: Hello, I'm Kevin Wattler and this is your CMR Daily Buzz. Here's a summary of some of Cayman's latest headlines. Royal Cayman Islands Police Officer Timothy Alexander Munro pleaded not guilty to a single count of animal cruelty in relation to police canine Baron who died last year. Monroe appeared in summary court last week and allegations are that Munro failed to feed, water and shelter canine Baron, which caused the animal unnecessary suffering. Ten Cubans, including two women, charged with escaping lawful custody for leaving the immigration detention center, were sentenced to 91 days in prison when they appeared in summary court yesterday. The starting point was six months imprisonment or 182 days, however, the presiding magistrate Christiane Gunn deducted 45 days for personal mitigation factors and a one-third discount for the guilty plea. Throughout honoring Women Month, several Caymanian trailblazers are being highlighted. Born on November 16, 1886, Lila Alberta Rochere was an educator and composer. Her most famous work was our national song, Beloved Isle's on in 1930. Now for your CMR weather update, it's brought to you by WG Charters. Sunrise at 6.44, partly cloudy skies are expected. When the temperatures at 83 degrees Fahrenheit and humidity at 67%, like the forecast calls for, it will feel like it's in the high 80s. Wind southeast at 10 to 20 miles per hour and the sun sets at 631. At nighttime, the temperature falls to the mid 70s. Looking forward, similar weather conditions are expected. If you would like to know more on any of these stories, visit CaymanMallRoad.com or follow K-Man Mall Road on Facebook. Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. That's it for now on a Daily Buzz. Thank you for joining me. Please stay safe and God bless.